Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose, Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. to the horror squad podcast tonight we're talking about sleepaway camp with a special interview with felissa rose herself so stay tuned for the end of the show for the interview i believe steve and joe were on that me and sam were not and you guys said it was a great interview right yeah it was great we talked a lot of a lot of sleepaway camp obviously um she was also promoting her new movie camp twilight which me and steve are going to do a review on during our what watch segment uh we also talked some hatchet we talked horror cons so uh, a lot of great stuff in there so if you are a fan especially if you're a fan of sleepaway camp i mean we talked a ton of sleepaway camp so uh definitely stay tuned it's a great interview we had her on for i think about a half an hour so yeah you guys will enjoy awesome it's election night in america so hopefully everyone got to vote today um, I got to give a shout out to a listener that we got a new um, review from. So I'm going to go ahead and actually won a contest. So let me just read it real quick. Great show. Recently started listening and have been hooked ever since. This is legit. The only podcast I listen to. And that's because it's like sitting around with some friends talking good and bad horror movies. Keep it up. Oh, and Todd got bit on the ass by a spider. So that was a contest <laughs> that no one sent in for like months ago. Um, so Mr. Captain Amazing 1985 send us an email at the horror squad podcast at gmail.com uh, with your information and I will send you a big box of stuff. James Wan autograph um, 10 plus movies, some other goodies that I can't wait to get rid of. It's just sitting there waiting for someone. So captain amazing 1985 email us, man. Um, awesome. I know. Well, I'm happy since, we're ta- since we're talking about giveaways, I also want to announce another giveaway winner as over on our social medias, Uh, The Horror Squad podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We did a little Halloween giveaway, which we gave away a Blu-ray copy of Eli Ross' History of Horror Season 1 and uh, Spree. And we, uh, you know, I just did like a randomizer for the winner. And our winner for the giveaway is over on Instagram, the underscore germinator underscore so congratulations to you um just send us an email or you can private message uh the you know one of our social media accounts or whatever and we will get those blu-rays over to uh you and a shout out to the uh production companies for sending over uh those blu-rays to give away so thank you yeah make sure you message us guys uh, so we can get that up to you as soon as possible uh halloween 2020 came and went um i had a actually pretty good halloween we were allowed to trick-or-treat so we did a lot of that but i would say like 50 percent of the people just had bowls on their um like the porch saying you know to take one or two whatever um, which is kind of a bummer but at least people like made the effort um good amount of trick-or-treaters some mass um some just wearing normal stuff but it was a good time and you know hit the barbecue up went trick-or-treating handed out candy and actually got like um, over here it's like six to eight you can trick or treat which is kind of weird when we we're a kid there was no time frame but this uh this this family showed up like super late to my house I'm like, what the fuck is this and i actually got them on my ring camera of them like the kids like getting super psyched they're all pumped like oh there he is there he is and i walk outside and they're like yeah start jumping up and down and stuff and i gave them like so much fucking candy Aww. but that was probably the highlight of the night those little kids being excited nice. um, 
podcast? What about you guys? You guys, what's that? Did you tell him about the podcast? I did. I'm like, hey, when you're <laughs> when you you know get from seven to eight, when you hit eight years old, you can uh, do horse squad pod. <laughs> Come back. I'll give you a sticker or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, what did you guys get up to? Joe. Sam. Um, we had a few friends over, like we talked about. Did it turn out good? Joe. Sam. <laughs> Sam. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, it was, fun. It was low key. It was very low, low key. key. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there was only, you know, uh, two other couples. So, you know, just very small, six of us total. Um, yeah, we just played some, uh, you know, music, Halloween music videos. And I got to say, rewatching Thriller for the first time in a long time still holds up amazingly. Uh, and then we ended up just having like a fun YouTube night where we watched uh, fail videos. I don't know if you guys have ever watched <laughs> fail videos, but they're quite fun. They're funny. Oh, they <laughs> Dancing fails are my favorite fails. Okay. <laughs> and Raven dressed up as Freddy Krueger and she, she looked frightfully cute. Yes. And I yes. dressed up as Jack Skellington. And I was just mm-hmm. a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Kind of missed the ball on that one as, as the group. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Okay, Steve. But best costume of the night goes to um one of our friends. She was a scary like evil doll, and it was a great great costume. Mm-hmm. How far into the night did it take to get to the orgy part? Ooh, no. two, hour, two hours. We had, wait, we had to wait. We had to wait. Well, we had to wait for you know eleven fifty nine p.m. <laughs> on Halloween. That's when the moon is at its highest. And that's you guys should have watched Lords of Salem. Ooh. All right, Sam, come on. We did. Steve, yep. what about you, man? Did you get any, anything done? No, not really. Um, Halloween was pretty much canceled where I live. So we just uh, ate some food, had a few drinks. We played some VR games and watched a movie. So nothing too too exciting nice. here. Uh, it was, you know, it is what it is. But Hopefully next year it'll be. Sad about it. Yeah, you know it's just like, you know, it's the day you kind of look forward to all year, and yeah, like canceled. So it's uh, kind of shitty, but you know, I kind of saw it coming. So next year, mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to next year. That's all. Yeah, we didn't even end up going out for the sales the day after Halloween this year, but uh, you did, Todd, right? You snagged some stuff. I did. I went to one of two stores. I went to Spirit and they were pick clean. Um, it opened at eight. I got there like 10. So I kind of fucked up myself on that one. Um, but I got some uh, decorations from next year and a couple of Christmas presents, like some socks and things like that. Um, and then I went to the other store, but it didn't open until 12, which I was like, eh, I'm not going to wait and just went back home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Want to get to some uh, questions? Sure. Let's All right. do it. Uh, you can ask us this question on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast or email us thehorrorsquadpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, as I said last week, there were a few questions that we couldn't get to because Joe had to get to work and we had to end the recording. So I'm going to start with them. Uh, hopefully you guys remember a little bit of the movies we watched last week. So they come to us from Chuck. His first question was, Ernest Scared Stupid is a must watch around Halloween every year for me. Two questions that arise every time I watch it. How did they build that amazing treehouse in one day? <laughs> Movie magic. 
Oh. Halloween magic, of course. Oh. I mean, I think Ernest is a low-key genius because he makes like all his contraptions and stuff. Yeah, he's like a carpenter by trade, right? Yeah, he's a handyman. Mm-hmm. He can get done. His middle name is Power Tools. I mean, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy was fucking born to be uh, uh, building shit like this. So I think that's what kind of explains it to me. Yeah, didn't think too much about it. But that was a really kick-ass uh, fort that he built there. Hell yeah. Uh, the next question is, who carved the rimshot wooden dog figure? It was awful. <laughs> I know, really that's Sam. Joe. Yeah, Sam said the same exact thing to me. And it was terrible. It looked nothing like a dog. <laughs> Just like a little piece of log. Yeah. To be fair, like the dog was covering his face and stuff while he got uh, you know, trolled, oh. I guess. <laughs> But yeah, it was a completely terrible uh, figure, especially compared. The other ones weren't too bad, though. Like the kids that no, were. Uh, the other ones were, yeah. The other ones were all pretty good, but the dog one, yeah, it was didn't look anything like a dog or an animal. It, yeah, I, I don't know what they were going for. I think they just ran out of budget. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, we got to cut something in the movie. What are we doing here? Uh, let's uh, let's skimp out on the dog. <laughs> right. Um. All right, so his next question relates to Halloween. Do you think Daniel Harris's acting was better in Halloween 4 or Rob Zombie's remakes? Hmm, good question. Ooh, I'm going to say Halloween, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Part 2. She's pretty good in that one. Yeah, in that one too. But yeah. it's hard when you're a kid. I mean, she I really believed her of how scared she was and how sad she was when the kids picked on her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a it's a tough question because like kid a- child acting and like adult acting is like so different. Um, I mean, I thought she was good in both, so I'll cop out and say that answer. <laughs> yeah, she was good in both, but I I think Halloween four she was a little bit better just because uh, I really like Sam said I really bought the emotions that was coming out of her in that one, so that's what I would vote for. Yeah, and especially when she's in the closet and she's so, uh, the closet at the store and she's so frightened. Yeah, she kind of reminds me of uh, the girl who plays Judith in The Walking Dead, or she was also the girl from the Creepshow TV show with the dollhouse. Yep. She, she gave me those same vibes, which, and she's great as well, so. Yeah, she's actually, I was going to talk about this in Horror News, but since we're not doing this this week, I was just going to mention, um, Danielle Harris is actually going to be directing an all-female slasher movie that's going to be coming out, Ooh. I think, next year, maybe. So, yeah, well, maybe something we'll cover. That's cool. Is it, like, known slashers, or is it all new slashers, do you know? Um, I'd have to, I'll pull up the article. I'll, I'll, I'll swing back to it later. All right, sounds good. Um, his next question is a uh, general question. What is your, your stance on candy tax? Why is it so much better than just going to the store and buying candy? Candy what? Tax? Tax as it like uh, parents taking the candy from their children. Oh. Uh, as, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is great. Um, yeah. Because I mean, it's, go it's ahead, a secret. You, have to, you, you got to sneak around. And you got to like, when I check the candy, I'm like, no, man, sorry, this Reese's cup is not good. It's got a little tear in it. Little do they know, I'm just being a little fucking cheap bastard and stealing it. It's just that much sweeter when it's not yours. That's dirty candy, Todd. Hey, you know what? That's, that's one of the hidden benefits of being a dad. You get to steal all the candy. Yeah, my parents totally did that too. 
It's just, uh, uh, yeah, it's always the good candy that somehow uh, had a rip or yeah, <laughs> a couple Kit Kats, Reese's, uh, <laughs> some of those mint cup things. I forget what they're called, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny that uh, you know the shit candy never had a problem. Yeah, none, none of the almond joys had any rips in them. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. His next question. Uh, back to Ernest and his last one from the movies from last week. Uh, the trolls are weak to milk. What is your weakness other than bullets, plane crashes, blades, etc.? <laughs> Nacho cheese. Ooh. It doesn't. Does it hurt you though? Yeah, uh, obviously. Does it go through <laughs> the butt? No. Goes to the hips. Yep. Yeah, I would say that milk products go through the butt for me. Um, drink too much, <laughs> and I'm on the I'm on the shitter. Mm. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So, what would your be uh, your weakness? My weakness? Yeah, he's asking us. Uh, like the trolls, it was milk that was their weakness. What would be your weakness? Oh, milk, because it. If I get okay. like, if I eat too much, I'm incapacitated because I have to take a shit. I think Steve just wants to hear about this more. Uh, yeah, I just want to more vivid <laughs> detail. Talk. About... <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Let's just say it's not a number one nor a number two when I got to go after the milk products. <laughs> Ew, Joe. <laughs> what the Joe heck? knows what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to say, I guess my weakness would be uh, pizza because I love pizza so much. So, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what my, my weakness would be, but... Um... Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe milk as well. Uh, not for the same reason as Todd. <laughs> but please, Todd, tell us again why you have that reason. Is. Oh, okay, go ahead. Sam? <laughs> we stop talking about Todd's poop, please. Okay. Well, uh, you know, you sit down, you get a good book. Try not to get on your phone because you shouldn't have that much screen time. You get a nice little book and you start reading and then you just, you know, do your business. But uh, Steve, I was going to say uh, your weakness could probably be sushi. Uh, which is another similar one to me because with 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 other foods I can stop but with sushi I cannot stop until like it's uncomfortably full and you burp up rice and stuff so sushi puts a platter in front of me I'm like a vampire like that wasn't it like legend if you put like seeds or something in front of their grave they have to count them <laughs> really? if they put sushi in front of me I got to eat it all so Did, you, yeah, you never heard that one about vampires no I never heard that one it's uh, interesting yeah it's like pumpkin seeds or something I gotta look it up interesting uh do you guys have like all you can eat sushi where you can you have to eat everything in your plate or they charge you like i think it's a dollar a piece yeah it's fucking stupid because it's called all you can eat so if i can't eat the final two pieces why am i getting charged for it so I'm, it's not like i'm not eating 45 pieces already yeah I, I can't even tell you how many times there's like 10 pieces left and i'm just you gotta power through it dude. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just yeah <laughs> Shout out to uh, Jedi Mind. We have eaten many of sushi together. All you can eat sushi over in Riverside, California. Okay, sushi. Awesome place. All right. Um, moving on. So he has two other questions for us this week. He says, in relations to Sleepaway Camp, is this the greatest twist in a horror movie ever? Definitely up there. That one. You want to save it to the end? Yeah, I was gonna bring that up because it's it's an excellent twist and it's a freaky one too. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, so his, his last question: If you were gender swapped, 
what would each squad member's name be? <laughs> Sam Sam still. Mine would be Sam still. I he can't tell you, yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times, like whenever I send an email for work, everyone always thinks I'm a man. And just recently I had to do a Zoom call with a lady and I got on the Zoom call and she was like, oh, I thought that you were a man. And she was like, I'm really surprised that you're a woman because your name is Sam. Like that's such a male name. And I'm like, I'm like, I know. And I'm like, you tell that like the way that I speak, like I'm gentle, like I'm using emojis. I'm using exclamation marks, smiley faces. (laughs) Like you really think a man like in his fifties is going to be typing like this? I don't know. They're always surprised. She disappointed. I think that's what she's like. Oh, you're you're a woman. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're a woman. The position's been filled. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, real quick, old folklore. Oh, my bad. If I thought we weren't done, go ahead. No, my name would be Brooke. (laughs) Why? Why Have you thought thought about this a lot? Yeah, (laughs) I have. Yeah. I would say Josephine for you. It's a good name, Brooke. It's uh, you know, I like it. Brooke, Brooke Hogan. Oh, yeah. Brooke Hogan. Yeah. Oh my God, Steve's about to pop his jeans. <laughs> Why? He's like, oh yeah, Brooke. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Be a Tatalina. Tatalina. A little dainty little Tatalina. Tatalina. Although some people think my name is Todrick. Like really short for Todrick? No. It is. Just I've Todd. never heard one person called Todrick. <laughs> Me either. Yeah, it's just Todd. About? I don't fucking know. Because yeah, all, all, you know, the three of us, uh, well, the other three, all have, I guess, longer names, and we just shorten it. But yeah, who knows? Like uh, <laughs> in the office, when uh, Michael thinks that Jim's name is Jimothy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Adorable. Wait, so your name isn't Totter? It's not Totter now, but that is my uh, Nintendo Switch online name, Totter. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess if we're keeping that convention, my name would be Stephanie, probably. So. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Well, but, see, you guys are all boring. See, I actually came up with something a little more original. Well, so I, there you go. I, I was going to say, um, had I been a girl, uh, my parents would have called me Valerie because they had picked a name for a boy and a girl before my birth. I was the firstborn. And the two names they picked was Valerie for a girl and Kevin for a boy. Um, But the day before I was born, my dad went to the store to get a plushie to be like my first teddy bear type of deal, because apparently that was a thing with his childhood. It was like a big thing, his first teddy bear. And didn't have any Kevin teddy bears, so he picked up a Steven. (laughs) (laughs) And he told my mom, like, how about Steven instead? And she agreed to it. So there you go. Now I'm Steve. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was. But I was he found a day, Steven with a PH. With a PH, yeah, which is the correct way of spelling Steven. Yeah. FYI. That's it. Oh, the correct way. Got it. Got That's it. That's right. Like Stephen King. <laughs> the King spells it uh, PH. Ah. It's PH. Um, all right, so that's it for uh, Chuck's questions. The next question comes to us from Mr. Jedi Mind 1207. He says, did any of you see the twist end coming during your first watch? So that's a uh, sleepaway camp that we'll talk about a little bit later. 
Uh, I think this movie was way, way better than The Burning. Now that we are in November, are there any Thanksgiving-centered films? Um, we'll have to talk about that during our review, whether we think it's better than The Burning or not, because that is a good question. Um, Thanksgiving-centered films? Uh, one we uh, talked about a while back was... Um, what's that? Uh, shit, what's that movie? Children. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Oh, yeah. uh, Blood Rage. Yeah. yeah, we did it last year for Thanksgiving. Yep. Blood mm-hmm. Rage is a good one. Uh, that you know, everyone else on this podcast might tell you not to watch Pilgrim, but I'm gonna say watch Pilgrim because I thoroughly enjoyed Pilgrim. Don't watch uh, Pilgrim. And, then, <laughs> and uh, you know, Thanksgiving is always a classic if you're looking for just some cheese. Yeah, not a lot of Thanksgiving movies uh, for horror that I can think of, other than the ones mentioned. But it doesn't no, matter. Cheese on Thanksgiving, Joe. We want potatoes. Well, you can put some cheese on those potatoes, girl. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, the next question comes to us from Kaylee, uh, which is also a sleepaway camp. So, I'll, I'll skip it for now. So there's a lot of sleepaway camp questions. Uh, and there's another one that comes from Aaron, which is Horror with Sir Sturdy, which is another great podcast. He says, How is everyone's Halloween? Which we answered. What do we do? Which we answered. His wife, uh, he said, my wife and I dressed up, drank, and ate, which is, you know, amazing. Uh, he also asked us, we got the same question last week, but I guess we'll reiterate, are you guys ever going to do a live show? Uh, I think it's possible, but, you know, at some point. We're, we're, we're talking about it. So I think that would be Yeah, maybe. maybe do a live show, so give them what they want and stop being lame. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll, we'll do it. We'll plan one. Maybe we'll, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's like October would have been the perfect time to do it, but we'll, we'll figure something out. Maybe uh, during the slow months uh, of the winter, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Maybe a Christmas special, something like that. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we'll, de- we'll definitely do that at some point. It was funny. I got, I got that comment like three times this week. I think people are really uh, starting to want it. People just want to see our sexy mugs on camera. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, so the next question comes to us from Horror Fan Ryan, uh, which is also Sleepaway Camp. Sorry, I was very oppressed before the podcast. Uh, okay, another one from Rise Horror Corner. Which horror movie murder did you find the most disturbing? I'd have to go with Banjo and Sullivan from The Devil's Rejects. Bill Mosley just has no remorse for human life in this movie. Hmm. What was yeah. the question? Was the horror kill that's most disturbing? You said. Yeah. Uh, which horror movie murder did you find the most disturbing? Ooh, that one's tough, man. Hmm. I have to think about this. Me too. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, the one he said was pretty disturbing. Um. I will say I'm trying to think like something that like hit me. Like whenever like kids die in horror movies or like a child dies, that's always like really disturbing um but i don't know like i i don't know that i'm i'm drawing a blank right now <laughs> yeah uh yeah, me too unfortunately all right i'll, I'll go with uh the kill and terrifier where he saws the girl in half oh. uh, it's just it's very memorable like i think about that one when people ask me you know what's a crazy horror kill that's one of the first ones i'll come to mind oh i got one i got one gauge in pet cemetery that's a good one but that, that wasn't a murder um right? yeah not a murder i guess Right, because that was more of an accident. Yeah. I'll still go with that. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can't. I just did. I got one. In uh, Bone Tomahawk, where the deputy gets split from his balls to his, I guess, stomach with a hatchet. Yes. That one's pretty brutal. Yes, it is. Yeah, there's a lot of great ones. I don't know why it's, you know, it's, it seems like such an easy question, but at the same time, it's really hard. I don't know why. It's, a, it's one of those things, I guess. Um, our last non-sleepaway camp question that we have for today comes to us from Mandy. Uh, she says, what horror movies that you recommend start with the letter V? Mm, v. Well, um, see. Ooh, vacancy is underrated. I agree. Yeah, it's got what's his face in there. That's um, damn. What's his name? All of us love him. What was that? I can't remember his first name, but Wilson. Yeah, it's, Luke, um, Wilson. Luke Wilson. Oh, yeah. him. But I'm talking about one of the cronies. Um, Cheap Thrills. Oh, what's his freaking name? Ethan. The guy from Yeah, Ethan Embry. He's one of the fucking killers. Oh, I don't. Is think he? I remembered that. I don't yeah. remember that either. Oh. He's in there. Let me let me uh, IMDb it. Make sure I'm not talking about my butthole. But yeah, pretty in sure. The, in the meantime, uh, I really like the VHS uh, films. Yeah, I think it's a mm -hmm. good anthology film. Yeah. I love Village of the Damned, uh, both the original and the uh, remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, there's really not much. Uh, oh, VFW which we reviewed earlier this year was not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah Ethan like Embry plays the mechanic who's one of the mass killers in that movie. Ooh, I got another one from this year. Vivarium. Ah, uh, a top five for me. Yeah, me too. Probably stay there. Um, another one that we reviewed very recently is uh, Vampires. Yes, mm. good one. Mm -hmm. um here's one i'm not a fan of but i know i know sam really likes this one uh valentine my bloody valentine um no just valentine oh denise, denise one denise richards and yep. that guy yes. the vampire dude wait is it denise richards and valentine yeah she is okay then yes all right joe <laughs> And one last one I'll mention is Vampire's Kiss. Where, so you get to see um, Nick, Nick Cage as a, as a vampire. Oh, is he a redneck vampire or like an early Nick Cage vampire? Oh uh, yeah, this is really early. It's like the 80s. So it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting, you know, you know, it's, it's Nick Cage. I mean, it's, <laughs> you, you know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, and that's all the questions we had for this week. So thank you. Well, other than the sleepaway camp ones, which we will answer at the end of the show. Hopefully, if we have time. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Yeah, well, to make sure we have time, we can jump into what watched. Who no. would like to begin? You're going to do no. it. No. Okay, let's start um, with Steve and I doing our review 
of Camp Twilight. Um, it is the movie that Felissa came on to promote, which you will hear us talk about. Um, Steve, would you like to synopsize Camp Twilight? Sure. It's a story about campers who get killed by a mysterious killer. And that's what I remember of it. I watched it like a month ago. And <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll listen, you know, I say it during the interview with Felisa Rose. Uh, I think she's one of the coolest people like on the planet. She's my absolute favorite person I've ever met at a con. That's uh, just an absolutely lovely person. Um, but this movie is like the worst. <laughs> it's a fucking awful, awful film. Uh, I just couldn't, I can't recommend this one at all. There, uh, Felisa Rose is really good in it. Uh, Dave Sheridan, who people would know as uh, Officer Doofy in a Scary Movie and uh, someone that we're going to talk about next week. We have an interview with him and his movie, The Special. Uh, he's also in it. Those two are pretty good in their roles, but uh, Joe, like, back me up here. <laughs> it's bad. Um. <laughs> yeah it's you know i i feel bad bashing a movie so bad that someone comes on to to promote but there's just nothing good to say about this movie um it is out now so for people who are curious to go and watch it um it, it just got released this uh week on vod uh but yeah like steve said it, it's you know i'll give it a, a little more of a plot um synopsis for anyone that might care but basically it's like about these group of um you know, high school kids who are in danger of failing high school. They're sent to this, you know, camp uh, retreat to try to, you know, basically like bring up their grades for extra credit. Um, and Felissa Rose plays the, uh, you know, one of the teachers that goes with them. Uh, and Dave Sheridan, who uh, Steve just mentioned, plays um, this like weird cop, uh, you know, like, not even well he's not a cop what is he steve like a uh he's like a park ranger kind of right like, yeah uh, like a park ranger that's right that's the word i was looking for yeah he plays like a park ranger and basically there's like a killer on the loose um at this summer camp um this movie's just like a so uh such an amateur uh effort i will say the highlight of this the highlights of this movie is definitely like felissa like and um dave like they're like two of the most competent like actors in the movie everything else is just extremely micro low budgeted um even like the kills are terrible in this movie uh just like no um creativity like whatsoever with the kills like most of them are off screen and when they do happen they're just very boring and weak and the killer is terrible too they it's just like a person in like literally a hoodie, like with their face kind of blacked out. I mean, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent, one of the, definitely the probably one of the worst horror movies I've watched this year. Um, and yeah, I'm uh, complete skip. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Would you watch this or Corona zombies again? I'd, I'd watch Corona zombies again because <laughs> the movies that they parody, well, par that they use like, and for voiceover are not the worst. So in that sense, uh, I would say watch, I'd watch Corona Zombies again, but, and I'll talk about at the end of the year, I still think Corona is a worse movie because at least Camp Twilight, I guess, tried, <laughs> you know, whereas I find Corona Zombies didn't fucking try at all. So, but if I had to, yeah. if you, if you put both movies in front of me and you're like, you have to watch one of them, I'd probably watch Corona Zombies again. 
Uh, I agree. I'd watch Corona Zombies again just because I would get some entertainment out of that. Uh, Camp Twilight was a complete chore to get through, um, and I can't believe I made it through the whole movie. So, yeah, I actually ended up uh, putting it on like while I was driving as like background noise just to get through it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's I, I feel bad in a way just because like yeah, like this the movie was like sent to us to screen and stuff, but it's very important to be honest. I think like when you're, you know, doing and reviewing movies like this and uh, it would be a disservice to our listeners to kind of blow smoke up their ass. So yeah, there you have it. Yeah. But like anything, it's just our opinion. You know, you might like it. So don't take our word a hundred percent for it. There are movies like they, I know, what was it? The, the one, um, the zombie movie last year there, um, with oh the, dead don't die the dead don't die like everyone on this podcast had it as the worst of the year and I, it came close to coming to my top 10 so you just never know so i'd say if you if you want to watch it but from our opinion me and joe it's definitely a terrible film sam did you have any mm, i don't believe so okay you know we watched a couple movies sam what movies uh the craft and bad hair I thought we already talked about them. Not on the podcast. Yeah, we did. We did? Yeah. How? We watched them We watched them the day before Halloween, didn't we? I thought we already told Stephen Todd about them, though. On the, on the chat, I think. Or who did we talk to? Um, we I don't know. The craft thing. Um, I'm pretty sure I did talk about this. Oh, you talked about it on your live stream, you did. Oh, okay. Anyways. Um, well, I don't know how I feel about it. It's cute. It's cute. Wait, which movie? All right, this just in. It's yeah. cute. <laughs> Put that on the, the Blu-ray art cover. It's cute. Call me happy. <laughs> Honestly, it's cute. But is it like, compare it's- it to the original? No, no, not well, and I think it's just because I'm older, um, which is a given, but it would be cute for like a middle school girl to watch or a middle school kid to watch or maybe high school, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you, I could kind of see the twist coming. There's something that happens in it that made it like two seconds of it made it worth the watch for me. Um I don't really fucking know, God. What about what do you think about it, Joe? Uh, so I thought it was terrible. <laughs> um, it's definitely gonna make my wor- uh, one of my worst of the years. Um, Why do you hate women, Joe? I don't hate women. I just hate <laughs> bad movies. Um, you know, and I like the craft. I was a fan of the craft as we reviewed on this podcast. I, hey, I enjoyed the craft. You better be careful. Steve might remove I and make it sound like you say I do hate women or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this one just I mean, to be fair, this is not a movie for, a, you know, a, a 34 year old man uh, like myself. Um but actually I'm 33. So I'm, I'm making myself older than I really am. Uh, but you know, it's, it's still not a good movie. You know, I can objectively look back and, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there is some really terrible stuff in here towards the end. And one of my other big problems with this movie is 
their powers they turned them more into like x-men in this one where they have like superpowers more than they do like witchy powers um and then without giving too much away like david duchovny's character takes like this turn that gets so ridiculous and just straight up dumb um yeah it was just it was a really bad movie and i i hope one of you guys watch it so uh, we can discuss but it's uh you'll it's it's near the worst of my year i mean it's a hundred times better than camp twilight i will say that but uh yeah okay but if i can also add in um i don't know the woman's name that directed it but um if you like listening to podcasts whitney cummins had the director on there and they talked a lot about like how women are seen as evil just because we're so strong and powerful obviously and they really touch on a lot of points that with it being a sequel I guess you're just gonna glance over it and just be like meh and already have a bad outlook on it so if you like looking up interviews and reading stuff about it I highly recommend watching um the podcast on her YouTube channel it was really interesting on all of the stuff that they touched on um so yeah if you have time do that before you watch it Alrighty, this one is a Joe recommendation. I think I've heard you say it a couple times. It's Session 9 from 2001. I love Session 9. Uh, Sorry. Oh, so both of you like it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Uh, this one is currently on Tubi or maybe Prime. I should have checked that. I was on one of those, but it's about a uh, asbestos crew. Asbestos is like a cancer-causing thing in old um, construction. And they get contracted to go into an abandoned mental hospital and clean up the shit um but naturally they're in a mental hospital so there's a some evil afoot some hauntings and things like that it starts changing the men they start acting differently violent towards each other a lot of outbursts things like that and we're just trying to figure out um what is going on like what's the real reason behind everything extremely atmospheric a fantastic setting um very well acted too a little bit long a little bit long-winded in my opinion um but overall a solid movie so check it out you know it actually might be on shutter you know i'm gonna look that up but yeah, back to you, Steve. Cool. Uh, so my first one this week is a screener that we got, uh, and it'll be available the day that we release this podcast, and it's called Triggered. So this movie is about a group of teens who go camping in the woods, and suddenly they're knocked out by gas, and they all wake up with uh, suicide bomb vests with a timer on it. And they're told that there's a game that's about to begin and the last survivor of the group uh, gets to live. And uh, not too far into the movie, they realize that if you kill someone else, you gain the time that they have on their vest. Um, so it becomes kind of a uh, kind of a battle royale type situation where people are trying to be the one that survives until the end of the game. I think the concept of this uh, movie is really good, but the execution was not so good. Um, I feel that there's a lot they could have done with this concept and really play off of who's who's kind of on your team, who isn't, you know, who's conspiring against you, who's helping you. And I think it could have been a really interesting film, but overall, it just didn't work for me. Um, I do think that maybe you should watch it anyway because there are some good things about the film. Some of the kills are pretty cool and all that stuff. 
but uh, for me personally, I think uh, it left a lot to be desired. So check it out. It's on uh, VOD. It's called Triggered. Joe? All right. Uh, my next one for this week is a anthology movie streaming over on Shudder called The Mortuary Collection. Uh, 2020 release starring uh, Clancy Brown, of all people, who plays... Uh, a uh basically like he's like kind of like your creeper from creep show he is your host uh he owns this you know funeral parlor and um he basically runs into this girl who's looking for a job at the mortuary um and he starts telling her tales uh you know of people that have died that have come through his mortuary um, and that is a story, and you get three or four different stories here, all very um, fantastical, um, a lot of fantasy-based horror in this one. Um, I would say the best way to describe it is kind of like it reminded me of like if Guillermo Guillermo del Toro were to like direct a horror anthology. That was like the vibe I totally got from this one, and I really really enjoyed this one. Um, this is one of the better horror anthologies that has come out in a while i think um and i would uh highly recommend it it's definitely currently in my top 10 so uh i would say definitely check this one out cool sammy i'm good you're good are we gonna talk about spiral on the show guys um that's up in the air so if you just want to throw it out there you can okay okay um okay i watched and I, I looked for session nine and it's not on any of those three that I mentioned. So I must either it went off. Maybe I watched it because it was a leaving soon title. I'm not sure, but it's on, you know, you can rent it on prime, but a uh, spiral came out in 2020 currently on shutter um, is about a, uh, a gay couple, gay men that move into a small town with their daughter. And um, some crazy shit starts happening kind of similar to get out. That's not really a spoiler, but that's just all I can kind of compare it to. Uh, we may talk about it, I guess, as a feature on the show, so I won't give too much away, but I really enjoy this one. So Spiral on Shutter. All right. Uh, my next one is a movie from 2017 that uh, I've watched on Blu-ray. Uh, my wife bought it at a dollar store, so that should tell you a lot about the movie. And it's called Wish Upon. So a uh, girl, uh, find, uh, sorry, a, a guy played by Ryan Philippi, finds this mysterious box while he's dumpster diving with his buddy and he gives it to his daughter as a birthday gift. Uh, they don't have a lot of money. So that's, I guess, as best as he can manage for her. And it turns out that she can make wishes on with this box, but for each wish that she grants, it comes at a terrible price for someone else in her life. Um, the movie is actually not that bad. Uh, I looked it up on Letterboxd before I watched it, and both Joe and uh, Todd gave it a really, really low score. So my expectations going in were pretty much as low as it can be. But honestly, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's uh, some of the, the kills were really cool. Uh, I thought I was always like looking forward to see what would happen uh, and how some of the people would die in the film when she did her little wishes. And uh, overall, I think I thought it was a quite a fun time, like not nothing I would go out of my way to recommend or anything. But um, if you can happen upon it and you have some time to waste, uh, I'd say check it out. So Wish Upon from 2017. I must be confusing that one with a similar title that we reviewed, didn't we? Is that the one with Lynn Shea? 
Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. That's one. That's one I'm thinking of too. I know Lynchay wasn't in this one. It's it's got Ryan Phillippe. That's pretty much. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I've seen that one then because I know Mean Joe both some, hated. Yeah, Wish I think upon. there's another movie we reviewed. We did called Wish Upon. I think it's the same title. I think it was last year. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, you guys both have it on uh, on the box as a, as a <laughs> yeah. one one and a half star and half a star. So. Oh. No. Oh. Well then. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, maybe we reviewed the wrong one. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, my next, well, my last one tonight um, is one that is currently streaming on uh, Hulu, another 2020 release called Bad Hair. Uh, Bad Hair is a, uh, a movie about um, this young woman uh, that is trying to um, hit it big, basically in like the uh like music in music television industry um so she goes and gets uh like a a weave done um at a salon and little does she know is that basically she went to the wrong hair salon basically ran by witches who have basically you know put like a a haunted weave in her hair that uh basically causes like havoc uh and uh crazy stuff happens and i'll leave it at that uh sam also watches too so i don't know if she wants to chime in after me or not um but yeah overall um i had a pretty fun time with this one um it's not gonna make my top 10 or anything like that but i definitely think it is worth a watch um it's like pretty campy um but like not completely where it gets like totally ridiculous but there's some pretty funny parts in it and um i would say it definitely teeters more on the serious side than it does like the complete ridiculous side but i think it's like a fun watch like to watch with like a group of people or something like that i think that would be the best way to watch it so uh yeah i'd check it out bad hair i love that joe always recommends watching a movie in a group (laughs) we're in a a pandemic He's, he's a social guy well, he needs to stop. He's a little social Sorry. butterfly. No. Okay, when COVID ends, it's a good <laughs> time to watch with a group. <laughs> Just teasing. Um, I also, well, I enjoyed this a little more than Joe did. And we were surprised by the cast because we didn't look up the cast. But um, let me think, let me think. Like Usher's in it. Vanessa Williams is in it. Um, James Vanderbeek. Yes, James Vanderbeek. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It was called Hairspray? Bad hair. Bad. <laughs> Hairspray is like a musical, isn't it, or something? It is. Okay. All right. This last one comes from Steve, who talked about it like three months ago, called Zombie Town. Came out in 2007, and it's currently on Tubi. Terrible title. Um, but actual fun little movie. Very low budget. Um, it feels like an 80s movie and the budget kind of makes it like that it's a comedy at heart and what i like about it is it doesn't ever take itself seriously um there's a a scene where a bunch of old ladies are at bingo and the zombie outbreak kind of happens there and they start going nuts and eating each other it's really funny um but surprisingly it has like a really well thought out story and it follows these uh, small town mechanics who stumble upon a crime scene that was a zombie his his brother gets bitten and so on and so on and so on and they have to uh, band together um him and like un- other unlikely heroes band together to save the town um i recommend it a lot 
it's like I said, low budget, um, but it has some pretty cool practical effects and it's funny. So Zombie Town on Tubi. Yeah, I remember uh, not liking the beginning of that movie, but it really kind of picks up at the end, especially when the zombie apocalypse like happens. So, and yeah, you said that that you had to push yourself through it, and then it opened up. Yeah, like when when they took over like the bingo hall with all the old ladies, uh, and they all become zombies. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was hilarious, but uh, yeah, it's uh, got some charm to it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my last one this week is a movie from 2017 that I found over on Shutter. And it's called Terrified, which is a uh, either Spanish or Portuguese movie. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, from Brazil. So in this one, uh, uh, this neighborhood are getting like different types of hauntings by these crazy demon characters. So a doctor, his assistant, and um, a cop go in to investigate and kind of stay at the houses to see if they can kind of find out what's going on and stuff. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, not like the best. Uh, I, it had been recommended by someone I uh, know over on Twitter uh, at Digifluid. So check him out. He's a great dude um, to check out. And I do like the characters of the demon slash ghost characters that are haunting the people. I thought there was a lot of cool things at the beginning of the film, but I feel that the second half of the film kind of brings the whole thing down. Uh, when the doctors are investigating with the cop and everything, it, it does get a little bit boring, and I feel it kind of kind of lost its way near the end. But overall, I still think it was an enjoyable film. Like I said, I really dig the design of the creatures, so I think this one people should check out. Uh, it's called Terrified. That was on my top ten, I think. In, uh, yeah, it was. I think 20, it was 2018. Two, yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I watched that one too. Uh, it was. It was. I wasn't as high on it as uh, Todd and Steve, but I, I think it's definitely has some good stuff and is worth a watch. All right, is that rounded out, or we got more? Uh, no, I did three. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good for this week. Yeah, me too. I think it's time for trivia. Pull oh out that God. score sheet. All righty, you guys ready for some <laughs> trivia? Yep. Sure. All righty. So currently we have Sam with 43 points. <laughs> Joe with 66 points. I guess. Steve with 77 points. All right, Steve, get those Pringles. <laughs> and uh, in first place, Todd. Uh, 84 Todd, we'll see. Oh, <laughs> closing in on that hundy. Closing in on that hundy. Who would Team like Pringles to, all the way, baby. Who would like to start us off tonight? Not me. I'm still finding my trivia. Thanks. <laughs> all right. I got one queued up. All right. All right. This one is from our pal, Weezer Fish. She sent me a couple. I'm only going to use one this week. What's up, Weezer um, then I'll use, What's up, girl? I'm use the other one next week. Space it out a little bit. All right, so this one will be a whoever's closest to it, okay? You can go over, you can go under. How much did Steve McQueen earn for his starring role in 1958's The Blob? 25000 25000 is on the board. Steve? Is it? Oh, so I thought... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> no, okay. 1958. Uh, I'm going to say... Twenty-five and fifty. Okay. I'm gonna say 1958. 
That would mean that Steve was closest. He earned $3,000. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. 1958 money. 1958 money. Fine. Okay, <laughs> I'll go next. Uh, so this one also comes to us from Weezer Face. So thank you very much for the questions. I really appreciate it. What creature feature was promoted in movie posters with the tagline, Centuries of passion pent up in his savage heart. The fuck is that? Dracula. Oh, it's a creature feature? Yeah. Godzilla. No. Um, King Kong. No. Darn. Joe? Looking it up. Can, can you repeat it, please? No! He's looking it up, and now I can't watch him because I'm not by him, and he can't cheat. Would you like I mean, me to uh, spell it out for you so you can type in Joe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, I'm not looking up. No, I I know, I'm kidding. Uh, centuries of passion pent up in his savage heart. Mommy. Hellraiser. No. You guys want a hint? Sure. It was a movie from 1954. 54? Mm-hmm. 54. Um... Centuries. No All right, you guys, give, you guys just give up. I give up. Sure. All right, Sam, you're gonna kick yourself for this one. It was Creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, oh, and I guess that, Steve, but I was like, that's too easy. There's no <laughs> way. Darn it. Well, I'm gonna go kill myself. No. No. Don't do that. <laughs> joking guys okay my first question of the night is okay what was the monster's address god damn it joe what was it one two three four monsters lane you already asked this i asked it on your youtube live stream but i ask it Uh, on uh, the I, I, I remember the number, but not the name. <laughs> but I need the whole thing, right? Yes. Uh, I, I only remember the number. I don't remember the name. That's going to bother me. All right. Get everyone give up? Yeah. Yeah, I know it's 13. Yeah, the correct, yes, the correct answer is 1313 Mockingbird. Oh, Oh, that was that was the name of the remake show too. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. Oh well. Yeah. With uh, what's his name, Jerry O'Connell, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> no, oh, it's Jerry. I oh, never mind. <laughs> All right. My first question of the night. First question of November trivia. Oof. Um, <laughs> she's Stalin. <laughs> okay, what movie tagline is oh, this? Boy. For God's sake, get out! Oh, um, it's uh, damn it, Joe. I was just saying, oh, bitch. And Joe, Joe gets a point. Thank you so much. Good job, Joe. Thank you so much. (laughs) Back to me here? Yes, sir. Okay. According to Dr. Loomis in Halloween Part 1, 
when he is talking to the nurse in the car at the beginning. How long does he say Michael hasn't spoke for? Spoken, spoken for. Twenty years. What was that? What was the answer? Twenty. Twenty-five. We have twenty. Twenty. We have five. Twenty. Twenty-five. Twenty-five and five. Okay. Anyone else? Twenty and twenty-five. Six, Sixteen. I'm looking for an exact number here, and Fine. everyone Let's is. Guess again. <laughs> twelve. Okay, we got twelve on the board. Eighteen. 18 on the board. 15. Joe Googled it. <laughs> yes, 15. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was cool. You little turd. I just fucking watched it too. That's... And I watched it on Halloween. Yeah. Is Joe giving himself a point? Yep. Yeah, he, he guessed it. He guessed it. it. Well, fine. I'm Googling too then. I didn't Google it <laughs> no. anything. I don't think <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys ready for my next question? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so again, from Weezerface, so thank you very much. This movie opens with the U.S. National Anthem sign-off and was the eighth highest grossing film of 1982. Oh. 82. Mm -hmm. Great year, 82, I must say. Maybe the best. Can you repeat that? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't listening. I wasn't. I was typing too slow. Okay. Stop, Joe. <laughs> this this movie opens with the U.S. national anthem sign-off, and it was the eighth highest-grossing film of 1982. Oh, Poltergeist! It is Poltergeist. Dang, Joe's on fire tonight. He yeah, because he's cheating. He woke <laughs> up from a slumber. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to make that final final stretch there. Final push. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, my turn. All right. Yep. Yep. Okay. In Scream, what is Randy's first rule to survive a harm? Don't movie? have sex. Correct. Yeah. Yay. I was I wasn't sure on that one though. Mike said don't do drugs or don't have sex, <laughs> but all right. My turn? No, Sam's turn. Yeah, Sam. Um you can go you can go, Todd. <laughs> All right. Um, let me look through my list here. All right. In the movie Beetlejuice, what is the mom character's profession? The art buyer. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. She's an she's an artist. We'll go with that. Close enough. Okay. Yep. <laughs> she makes stupid ass sculptures, yeah. and she also buys shit, and yeah. Just watch that one Halloween as well. It's a great one. All right. Okay. Oh, my turn. Dang it. I was so excited. I didn't. Know <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm good. I'm going to read. This is a a review, like a oh boy. <laughs> what critics are saying. Okay. So what movie are they talking about? Yep. Okay. That's Up a good one. There. I like this. Up there. Okay, three stars. Up there with Freddy, Jason, and Jigsaw. Freddy, Jason, and Jigsaw. Terrifier? Oh, all right, Steve. Nice Is job. Hmm. Yep. Nice job. Good job. Well, at least Jigsaw dated it a little bit, right? Yeah. Good one. Fine. Okay. That's Good my one. turn. 
All right. My last question comes to us from another listener uh, from Horror Fan Ryan. So thank you very much for that. He says, who's the voice on the radio doing the Silver Shamrock announcement in Halloween 3? Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, who, who'd you say? Uh, it was not Jamie Lee. So who'd you say, Sam? Tom Atkins. Nope. Todd? Tom Atkins. Not Tom oh, Atkins. Tom Atkins is the star of the movie. <laughs> he does it as he hides his voice, and it's a little Easter egg. It's not. But nice. um, John Carpenter. No. So it Nick was. Castle. Nope. Nick Cannon, he said? Nick Castle. Castle. Oh, Nick Castle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, it was actually the director, Tommy Lee Wallace. Damn it. Oh. I, didn't right. know, I didn't know that either. Right. Good one. Interesting. All right, last question for me. Who speaks to Isaac in Children of the Corn? The oh. devil. Uh, Randall Flagg. I don't know. Um, what's his name? Jedediah, Hezekiah, Jeremiah. <laughs> Zachariah? <laughs> the correct answer is he who walks behind the rose. Oh, boy. Lame. I'm not a fan is of that. Man. I also would have accepted a demon. I said the oh. You said devil. the devil. It's like similar. Well, he's the king the demon, same. right? <laughs> All right, well, tomato, tomato, I guess. <laughs> Apparently not. Whose turn? Uh, Sammy, do you want to go? The last question. Okay. And also, I just want to say there was someone who was a new listener to the podcast that sent me a bunch of questions, but um, I can't find it in my messages right now. So I'll try to keep looking for it for next week. Um, Okay. So this is another uh, movie poster, movie poster tagline. Are you ready? Yep. You might be home, but you're not alone. Uh, the strangers. Great when a guess. Stra- when a stranger calls. Black Christmas. These are all great good guesses, guys. Mm. Uh, scream. I'll let you guys guess one more time each. Scream. Nope. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Um, oh wait. The haunting. Nope. I don't know. I'll forfeit my second guess. All righty. The answer is better watch out. Oh, great. Oh, film. good oh, movie. That yeah. little turd kid. Yeah. Great Christmas time watch. Definitely. All right, Joe. How are we doing? All right. I, think I got my last one, don't I? No, oh. you, you went all three. Did you I? Can give a, you can give a bonus if you'd like. Or if you want to. I don't remember what my, what my three were. I did one from Wizard Face. Mm-hmm. You did two from Weezer, Evan. No, you're right. I did three. I did one from her and then two from me. Yeah, All right, never mind. All righty. All right. Well, after tonight, Sam got one point to go to 44 points. Joe got three points to go to 69 points. Todd Ooh. got. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Steve got two points to go to 79 points. And Todd with one point tonight Wee. to go to 85 points points Potter only got one point one point well because joe said the devil wasn't a demon so i can't get my two points but joe's a dirty liar we all know it um (laughs) (laughs) 
So you guys have a game? It's not a game, Todd. It's a quiz that we didn't have time to do last week. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> so so one's yelling at me. Well, all right, so why don't you explain to us uh, what we're going to be doing here, Sam? I was trying to, but you cut me off. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay, so um, we were going to include this on last week's episode for Halloween, but we ran out of time because Joe rambled on too much. I know, surprise, surprise. Um, so we're going to do it now. And I was trying to find little fun quizzes, and I found this Goosebumps one. And it's um, where you guess which Goosebumps monster you are. So we're going to answer the questions collectively as the horror squad to figure out what monster we are. Are you guys ready? Ooh. Sure. Yeah. All yes. Right. So the first question is, we need to pick a setting. Our options are a cabin in the woods, a forgotten fairground, a haunted house, a ghost town, a deserted alleyway, an abandoned hospital, a road through the woods, or a school? I'll throw a fairground out there yeah. because there's not a lot of fairground stuff. I agree. That's also what I would have chosen. So. Okay, Same. We're going, we're going with fairground. Nice. All right. Pick a time period. The 30s, the 50s, the 60s, 70s, 80s. 80s. Hang on. 90s, 2018, or the future? I would 80s. say the 90s, guys. Come on. Yeah, but then you get to listen I'll to a bunch of grunge it. rock the whole time. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll 90s. do the 80s. Fine. 90s was fun, but I'm going to go. Wait, what else can you pick? The 60s, Every, the 70s? Everything. Pretty much everything. Okay, I'm going the 60s then, because that seemed like a fun time, even yeah. though there was war, but... <laughs> and just for the record, I would have gone with the 30s, because you think clowns are scary now? In the 30s, <laughs> they were fucking terrifying. So that's why I would have picked the 30s. Okay, so which one, who's going to give it? Are we going with Joe's, the 60s? Sure, flower power. All righty. Okay, cast your protagonist. Zoe Zaldana, Danny Trejo, Emma Stone, Jennifer Lawrence, Jared Leto, Ryan Gosling, Will Smith, or Cara Delevingne? Will Smith. No, we're going with Ryan. So, I'm going with Zoe Zaldana. No, we're picking Ryan because I've already <laughs> let you guys pick. All right. <laughs> okay, now pick an evil force to pit them against. Zombies, a tortured spirit, aliens, Vampires, werewolves, a serial killer, an ancient monster, or a creepy cult? Cult. Cult in a fairground, though? I guess we can do cult. Yeah, let's, go, let's go cult. Yeah, for a carny cult. Oh, I like the carny cult. All right, now we need to give the bad guys some special powers. We have mind reading, superhuman strength, time travel, the ability to stop time, teleportation, flying, speed, or wisdom wisdom's a, a power yeah. <laughs> teleportation carney carney cold that teleports terrifying okay all right well i mean i don't want to pick all of them no, you're picking all of them <laughs> oh you are so maybe just pipe down on this next one <laughs> okay. 
All right. What's the look and feel of your movie poster? So I'll try to describe these best as I can. Okay. So the first one is creepy zombies that have glowing orange eyes. The next one is like a comic drawing of it's very similar to the haunted mask. The next one is a guy in a trench coat jacket to where the lights behind him, but all you can see is his shadow, a zombie hand reaching out from underneath the ground, vampire teeth with blood, um, just a sheeted ghost in the middle of a field, or a creepy girl behind the glass. I'll take the zombie eyes. The zombie eyes? From the beginning here. The first one, Eunice? Yep. All right. Finally, name your movie. These are the choices. The Torture Room. It's behind you. They're coming for us. The Creature That Doesn't Sleep. The Evil Children. The Day the Sun Went Dark. The Color Evil or Bloody. My vote would be the day the sun went dark, but whatever the majority picks, I suppose. I kind of like they're coming for us, but I'm open for suggestions. I think I think they're coming for us makes more sense if we have a carny cult and they're You're teleporting right. around. What do you think, Steve? I'll go Todd's. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Okay. You got the Phantom of the Auditorium. You didn't, oh. ask, <laughs> you didn't ask to become an evil monster. It was just the natural thing to happen after everything you've been through. Though we all have to admit, at least you've got style. <laughs> oh, I remember that book cover pretty vividly, actually. Of I, the fan. I, I never, yeah, yeah, look it up. Cause uh, I never read that one, but I always loved the cover. Cause it kind of like, it basically was like he looked like the Phantom of the Opera, yep. like on the cover, yeah. but it was very like cool. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Phantom of the like you, Joe. What's up? It looks like you. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. I think so. All right. <laughs> well, that was a fun little game. Thank you, Sam. Well, thanks, Sam. You're welcome. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks, and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba Reba! Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Turn it! Turn the wheel! Oh my god! Sleepaway camp. You won't be coming home. All right, guys. Um, Todd had to take a quick um, step away so I'm going to take over for this next little part here as we are going to be talking about 1983's Sleepaway Camp starring Felissa Rose directed by Robert Hildsick. Uh Basically this movie is a you know your basic summer camp movie 
about a uh, girl named Angela and her cousin go away to uh, their aunt sends them away to summer camp for uh, for the summer. And they basically Angela is very quiet and she deals with bullying while at the summer camp. Um, also, um, we are we meet a lot of uh, different characters along the way, um, including some really just like teenagery angst type stuff. And yeah, um, and there's a killer on the loose at the summer camp. And uh, that's basically your your basic plot of the movie. So, uh, Steve, what did you think of it? Uh, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. So I'm just going to talk about my general feelings towards it. And then I want to talk about some things in the movie that definitely caught my eye uh, this time around. Uh, so I've seen this movie multiple times before, but it was it had been a few years since I had seen it. Uh, and I gotta say, I, I really enjoy this one. You know, it's uh, no pun intended, really campy fun. Um, it's definitely a movie of its period. Uh, the way people dress, the way people act, the way people talk is very 1980s. Uh, which is a nice kind of capsule of that era, which I remember so fondly. And uh, there's just a lot to like about this movie. The not greatest, but still interesting murder mystery that's going on throughout the uh, camp, trying to figure out who's the next person who's going to die. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot to love about this movie. And it's a slasher that you know I'm going to watch, I'd say every three, four years, uh, you know, for a long time because I think it's an enjoyable one. So what do you guys think? Um, so this was a first time watch for me. Uh, I always hear people talking about it and how much they really like it. I knew the gist of it um, and about, I just forgot her name, Angela, right? That's her character. That's the yeah. character. Thanks. Um, so yeah, I kind of fell asleep at the beginning just because I was really tired, but then I woke up and started watching it again. And um, I agree with Steve, like it's it's super 80s, obviously. Um, campy, I think. It's fun to watch. Some parts I was like, meh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't hate it. All right. Uh, yeah, this is, um, you know, one I've seen uh, a lot when I was younger, but I hadn't seen it in uh, quite a long time. So I was, you know, I was pretty excited to rewatch this one because it had been a minute um, and I really enjoyed it. It, it, it still holds up uh, to me. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice, pleasant surprise because I wasn't sure how well it was going to hold up, you know, revisiting it now. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's a great slasher movie. Uh, you know, uh, I, Felissa Rose is great as Angela. Um, you know, you really do feel for her a lot of the, you know, she plays like a great character that you can just sympathize with. And just like all the side characters in this movie too, I think are like all really interesting in their own ways. Um, you know, you get some like really weird stuff in this movie too, which I did not remember. Like a lot of like really like, cringy stuff like especially like with the head chef who's basically like a pedophile mm -hmm. um that's just like seems like really just kind of like out of place and then you got like your you know toxic masculinity being thrown around i mean i know it was the 80s it was a different time but it's just like watching it now it's just like really weird to see um but yeah i mean just a 
a really good movie and honestly like a movie that's like really ahead of its time um once you get to the twist which i'm sure we will uh talk about a little bit later uh but uh steve i know you said you want there were some other things you wanted to touch on you want to go yeah so you touched on one of them the absolute cringiness of <laughs> the like sexual exploitation of people in this film right uh, is tough to watch like so the, yeah you talked you talked about a little bit there the head chef is a uh, a pedophile and yeah. he's t- he's at the beginning of the film all the campers are coming off buses and the head chef is standing there with his crew so he's got like his i guess sous chef and then a few uh, like bus boys or people who help around the kitchen and they're all standing there and he's like doing the most disgusting commentary about the little girls that are coming off the bus and making yeah. these really gross faces and the the other guys are laughing like it's funny and like well that's just you know i forget what his name is like <laughs> yeah. that's just jerry that's just jerry being his pedophile way and it was like oh my fucking lord like oh it's so disgusting and then yeah. later on like pretty much immediately after um one of the actually only good <laughs> counselors somehow brings Angela to the kitchen alone, probably knowing he's a pedophile. He's not really hiding it. Uh, and presumably he's been there a while. So it's probably not a big secret to this camp that this kid's like diddling kids. And this guy is diddling kids. And he puts her in any leaves. He just leaves Angela alone with this fucking monster. Uh, oh my God, it's just... And then he brings her to the back. It's this whole thing. Uh, yeah, stuff like that was just disgusting. And then there's this girl... Uh, one of the counselors is in love with the head old man for some reason. Oh. She's like she wants a date with him. And it's just like, who wrote yeah, this? Yeah, that was so this? that was like so bizarre and not a place. Like it's never even mentioned or like even like hinted at the whole movie. And then just like out of nowhere, it just like happens and it's just like, what the fuck? And this guy's like probably like what 40 years older than her. Oh yeah, like, he's, he's like in his sixties or seventies, like yeah. And she's, she's just looking for like, like a sugar daddy is that like a sugar daddy situation or something i guess so but like you said it makes it, there's no reason for it at all right. like for the story i mean other to maybe get her in a shower because she has a date but she could have easily had a date with another like male counselor her age it's just it's almost like i don't know how like who the who wrote this one but it's almost like the writer was projecting his own fantasies on this movie um and it actually gets worse in the sequels i don't know if you, you remember the sequels very well but i just watched them both uh, I, I watched two and three i've never actually seen four and five but it's just it, it's a weird out of place thing and it really made me uncomfortable uh, sam as a woman how do you feel about things like that um well obviously i thought it was inappropriate i didn't really like um the girl who was like um like assaulting her and fucking bullying her and it's like who fucking cares that she doesn't take a shower with you like mind your own damn business if you want to go look at a vagina go look at your own little girl <laughs> i was getting really annoyed at that another thing that really marked me with the one this this movie is the clothes like oh <laughs> God. there's some great outfits in this movie oh like the, the the nice counselor guy the guy who's like really like ripped his clothes yeah. is fucking on another level. He's it's got so eighties. It's great. Yeah, he's yeah. got the shortest shorts. He's got like yeah. I, I don't know who ate his t-shirt. I don't know if they had to cut the budget. I'm give him <laughs> fucking half t-shirts. But yeah. oh my god, the crop tops and the booty shorts and the super tight jean shorts and oh, this is really 
a special kind of wardrobe uh, and if you like to see it what the it. 80s are like yeah yeah, it's a total like time capsule because like I was a little too young for the 80s. But like, I, I don't know, Steve, you're a little older than us. Is that like, do you remember people dressing like that in the 80s? So um, I, I was born in 82. So I, I was young okay. in the 80s. But I definitely remember some questionable <laughs> um, outfits and stuff. Like, I, I remember pe- people like going braless or guys wearing really short shorts. And it's just, yeah, it's it's definitely I, I I could say yeah I remember people wearing things of that nature and not really caring because that's just the way people kind of were back then but right it's just now yeah I mean I Ooh. yeah I, I I you know I gotta say like were there like a lot of summer camp movies before this one because like or is this like one of the originals I gotta think it's like one of the original ones right yeah, it's got to be in the not, maybe probably not the original, but no. But so like, what came first, Friday Thirteenth or this? This is a great Thirteenth was nineteen eighty. I'm back okay. by. Excellent. And this one was what year? This one was eighty three. Okay, yeah. So right. this was like you know right at the height of probably the popularity of summer camp movies. But uh, all right, Todd, you're back. What did you think of this one? Um, just real quick, did you all three like it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I have a consensus. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, it's very rapey, and I'm sure you guys mentioned, and I forgot how creepy it was. Like, right when they get off the bus, the dudes yeah. are like, yeah, they're fucking, uh, da, 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 da. and like, gosh, I can't wait for you to die, like the cook. Yeah. Thankfully, he dies first. Well, he doesn't die. He doesn't he die. die That's the worst part. Yeah, but he doesn't die, though, He'll be right? disfigured forever. Yeah. No, but true. he'll be disfigured. And even when he has her in, like, the closet and her, her cousin, who I got to say, um, What's his face? Oh, what's his fucking name? The cousin's name. Ricky? Randy? Ricky. Ricky. He's a great guy, man. He's he a is. great dude. He, is, he really yeah. stands up for his cousin, for Angela. Yeah. yeah. He stands I, up to like dudes three times his size. It's, it's I, love, awesome. I love the scene where they throw the water balloon at her and like he goes over <laughs> and he just <laughs> says like as many obscenities as Cocksuckers, fuckers, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh Ricky's dope. Um and uh yeah i just love the movie um of course it's like my issues with it are just petty stuff like mm-hmm. there's not a ton of kills in it but other than that like i like all side characters um i like the angles i like how they're it reminds me when i was a kid trying to like you know you, you and your buddies are flirting with girls the the boys were never too pushy unlike um uh, the movie i guess we're going to compare it to i think mono asked the question um the burning yeah and um yeah, I thought Ricky and his buddy, the blonde kid that like Angela, were like nice kids. And I fucking hated the girls in this movie, though, man. They're, They're so, so mean, mean to her. All of us. I mean, Judy, obviously the ultimate villain that Sam mentioned. Uh, you know, her and her, the so other mean. girl there who's kind of like sidekick. Yeah. The two of them are just like so yeah. like just evil and conniving. I mean, For no Sam, reason. Are girls really like that, Sam? Are they that brutal to each other? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know it's weird. Like, I guess Mel's got a big ass dick because Megan, Meg's going after him, and she's a good looking girl, and he's not like a handsome old man. He's not like fucking like Mel Gibson or anything. He's a fucking <laughs> grody ass old man. It's like what? Yeah, I didn't buy that shit at all. And poor guy's like, when when he can't find her, he's looking. Hey man, do you know where Meg is? Like she's supposed to meet me, and he's all creepy looking. I didn't buy that at all. No, yeah, and we, we, the mom. We we mentioned that when you stepped away and it, it it's just like so out of we were just meant said that it's just completely out of place yeah 
and the and the mom character probably the creepiest character in this movie um, yeah uh, and honestly She's probably terrible uh underutilized too i would say like i, yeah. I would like to have seen maybe a little more with her like and like maybe a little bit more backstory and that's actually something you'll hear on the interview um i don't want to give anything away in the interview but uh Felissa kind of just uh, talks on that a little bit, which I, I think is a, a good thing to listen to. So, so let me let me get this straight though. You guys tell me if I'm right or wrong or whatever. So, Felissa's dad and her brother were out, right? And then sister, no, brother and dad die. But her well, dad, well, the sister I guess, and the left dad the died. mother. Sister and dad, died. okay. Her dad left her mom. I don't. I don't know. Wait, the well, wait, the dad. No, well, it was so they were. It was. It was a gay couple, right? Um, which which kind of messed her up too, like, right? Honestly, that's like something that's never really touched on at all. Really, I don't know if they were like. I don't know what they were implying because there's like this really weird scene where they show like the two dads in bed and then like touching they, each other, right? And then it goes to um the brother and the sister like in a bed and like he's like pointing at the girl I think, or something? I, I think that implies they touch each other like sex yeah okay like yeah i don't know like yeah, that yeah. whole scene was like really weird and just felt like out of place and mm -hmm. i don't really know what they were going for with that scene like it, it, it definitely confused me and sam even asked me about that and i was like i really don't know what that what's going on here yeah, and I, I feel that uh, they should have kind of left that alone because it was kind of pointless and explain right. more of why Aunt Martha wanted to like do this to her. Uh, they right. touched a little bit on it, but I think that was a more interesting character that they really didn't give a, like a lot of justice to and a lot of explanation other than I just always wanted the girl, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. And like, I don't know, like, I, are they trying to like imply that because like they had like uh like gay dads that like that was like it made like her more like gay or something like i just don't understand like what they were going for there yeah, me either yeah and it's like the, and obviously it's like the wrong message to like send that message but i mean it, you know back in the 80s i could see them trying to send a message like that like a backwards message like that so i don't know what they're really going for because yeah are, are they saying that angela is gay or is she or he just so confused and torn up that she kills the dude I, you know like i didn't get that it wasn't really clear to me right i mean i think like at the end of the day like if you just want to take it like black and white um you know she was basically uh, a product of child abuse like basically her aunt turned um you know her from a boy into a girl and it fucked up it fucked with uh fucked with his her head like it just fucked with their head and it caught it sent them on you know a killing spree yeah mm -hmm. but yeah i mean let, let's i guess let's dive into the ending a little bit here because i mean i think this is a movie that's like really ahead of its time i i don't recall like anybody or anyone doing anything like this at the time um and it's it's a shocking ending. I mean, obviously, like, now it's, like, everyone expected it and, like, everyone expects it now and knows about it. But, like, at the time, I, I must have – I must imagine that this must have been a super controversial, like, ending in the 80s. I mean, the first time like I saw it, I was – the first time I saw it, 
in even this the time I watched it again today, it still got me. Like it's just very jarring and it's yeah. very well shot. And Felisa's like excellent. And it's just fucking creepy, man. Right. It's yeah, it's it's a great twist. I think the fact that they use like a like a a man's body and like put like a a mask of Felisa on it in that one part too makes it even <laughs> like creepier. <laughs> Super creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's so such an iconic shot now in horror history, and um, yeah, it's just it's just really cool. And you know, Felisa really played her character well, uh, playing the shy girl that gets bullied throughout the film, but kind of like you know gets a little bit better th- through the end as she gets more comfortable with people and fights back a little bit. You know, especially with uh, that guy that was chasing her for uh, most of the movie. So that ending was. It's quite something, I'll say that. Did did yeah, it that, sucks that she cut his head off though? Yeah, I was like, did yeah. he deserve that? <laughs> I mean, he was the only one that was like really nice to her. I mean, yeah, he yeah, betrayed, that's what I was thinking. He did betray her though. Um, but like, I don't know. I mean, they're teenagers. Like, at least he never like bullied her or anything. So I don't know. What what do you think, Sam? No, that's what I was wondering if I had missed something of where he betrayed her but i i guess i missed that part when he kissed the other girl he made out oh, with that yeah, chick that him. oh okay yeah he kissed yeah well that girl judy like basically like yeah you know she like is all over him and he kind of gives into the temptation of it and angela sees it and um i was gonna ask because todd i was saying to steve and uh joe earlier that this was my first time watching this movie although mm-hmm. i've seen like clips here and there and with Joe talking to her a few times, has she, are there any like sh- interesting facts that she's talked about with filming this movie when she was a kid or anything like that that you can think of? Or any of you guys, maybe you've read something of where she's kind of talked about her experience with this. Like, are there any interesting facts that you know? Um, well, I mean, the interview is great. I mean, she talks pretty in depth about uh, this movie during the interview. Um, she was only 13 years old when she filmed this movie um she it was her first movie she ever did um and she was asked to come back for the sequels um and i won't tell you why you'll have to listen to the interview people to find out why and i will he didn't come back she did not come back for the sequels um they recast her in parts two and three and i i didn't even know a four and five existed honestly so is it it pamela springsteen in four and five as well it's it's separate camp stories that flash back to the first one okay Mm -hmm. and we uh when we actually discussed um her relationship with pamela springsteen who went on to play Angela in the sequels so you, you'll hear that on the interview as well and just another little tease something that I found really interesting is uh, she watched the movie with her class when she was 13 and she talks yep. about what that was like I don't want to say That's what it cool. is but it, it was interesting to hear the reaction of her classmates in regards to watching that movie with her <laughs> so check out the interview Sam, Sam did you know the twist before tonight yes ah bummer yeah, I think if, yeah, no, not knowing the twist, I think really is, you know, could make or break this movie for a lot of people. But yeah, I mean, I, I, do we get any questions for this one, Steve? Yeah, we did. We got a few of them, actually. Uh, so let's see here. So the first one comes to us from Horror Fan Ryan. 
He says, what overall grade would you give the Sleepaway Camp series? And do you think the sequels would have been as good or better if Felisa would have reprised the role? Good question. Uh, overall grade for the entire franchise. So I can only base this on the the first three because I haven't seen four and five. But as a whole, I mean, I would give it a solid B, the whole series as a grade. Yeah, I think um, two and three are excellent, but they're they're definitely more slasher-ish. Like they have a lot of nudity, a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I give it a similar B or, or an eight out of 10 for this trilogy. I don't, I haven't seen four or five either and I don't think I ever will, but one, two, three are excellent. Yeah, uh, I just watched two and three um, like in the last two days. And I gotta say, I love one. I think two's good. I didn't like three so much. Um, it's, I will say that two and three are very gratuitous. <laughs> like there are uh, yeah wet t-shirts wet t-shirts like shots of people's breasts like right on like just no point yeah for it buddy oh there's a point you oh, know, are a, they young uh well, no, they're like oh. 18 19 yeah they're 18 19 but they're playing camp <laughs> you know so they're like people at camp right so it's a little <laughs> cringy anyway uh but yeah well, so, well dudes in this first movie were like 30 in the camp oh, that's a whole other thing like <laughs> These fucking dudes are like 40 and playing like 15 year olds is, is weird. Yeah, they're like, they're betting the 12 year olds, we can beat you in baseball, bro. I'm like, right. what? Uh, but yeah, so I, I'd give the series like a 7, 7.5. And do you think, uh, Felisa, you think the movies would have been as good or better if Felisa had done two or three as opposed to Pamela Springsteen? I, I don't know. I mean, I thought Pamela Springsteen was a great, like, um, you know substitute so i i don't know i mean i think does I, she play angela's character or yeah. does she play yeah yes oh can you tell that it's someone different though oh yeah oh absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely um would they have been better with felissa i mean maybe but i mean i thought Pamela package yeah, but yeah. Right here's the thing though and i don't remember if it was answered in part two or three but she's a boy so she matured into a woman. So that's kind of bugged me in part two and three, to be honest. She, she, like it would have made more a, sense if it was more. She gets a sex change uh, between one oh, and Oh, does two. she? Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. That, that's how one. Yeah, that, that, that's how two starts. It says she went to a mental institution, and while she was there, she got a sex change. Uh, okay, then never mind. And uh, no, I thought she was great, but it would have been interesting to see her in the role as well. Mm-hmm. Now, see, uh, having just watched it, I, I think she was great in the role. But I never really saw Angela in the role. It yeah. just felt like someone else. Um, she just didn't act like Angela at all. Uh, Angela was more reserved, more like keeping to herself and was kind of the silent killer type. Whereas uh, Pamela Springsteen is like, a, you know, you fucking look at me the wrong way and I'll chop your <laughs> fucking head off. You know, it just right. it didn't fit with the character that I knew in the original Sleepaway Camp. So even though I think they're great on their own, I would have almost preferred that she played another character than Angela. So in that regard, I think if Felisa had played her, I think it would have been, I would have felt more a connection to the original film. Um, all right, so the next question is uh, from Kaylee. She says, for how many of you was this your first on-screen schlong? <laughs> yeah, probably one of the first ones. <laughs> You don't see a lot of dick in horror movies. No, you so, don't see a lot of full frontal no. male nudity. So 
Steph, I guess it's up there. We should have interviewed the guy, the actor who schlong that was. <laughs> Probably wasn't his real penis. It was. it was. Yep. It was. It was a drunk college kid. Yep. Okay. What were we gonna Sometimes, say? Some, like, something mean? Naked or not? No, I was gonna say a lot of times <laughs> the men seem like they're naked, but then it's always like a a dick implant thing. You get you get some male behind in this movie too. Yeah, oh, quite no. a bit of it. Yeah, that's yeah. a funny scene. <laughs> where the dudes are like you know what fuck you girls you don't know how fun let's go boys and they run yeah. off naked together yeah I'm like <laughs> speaking of the camp real quick that's a fun ass camp they're like it having is. water balloon fights on freaking <laughs> roofs they're mm-hmm. playing baseball and talking shit it's a yep. that's a great time man yeah i think you missed it todd but we also talked about the fashion in this movie oh yeah they're all f- yeah you got buff dude <laughs> yeah. he's cool crop tops you got half shirt wearing so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, this wasn't actually the first long i'd seen on screen uh for some reason i remember my, the first one vividly because it really like, like <laughs> oh my god that's weird describe uh, it <laughs> but it wasn't a horror film it was a football film with uh goldie Hawn. so oh, wow that's, that's all i remember i just it, it really marked me as a kid like what the fuck is this <laughs> um but yeah, this is definitely, uh, I'd say this is the most memorable schlong scene. <laughs> in, in, you know, up there with like American Pie 4 or whatever. The, mm-hmm. yeah. um, all right. And the next one's from Jedi Mind 1207. Did any of you see that twist ending coming during your first watch? I, and he also says, I think this was way better than the burning. Yeah, uh, no way. I mean, how could anyone see like could have seen that twist coming it was never like really implied or really even like hinted at i mean it was always hinted that angela was the killer obviously but i don't think like really anyone expected her to be a boy they they do give a very big hint at the beginning yeah um but you can't really pick it up unless you've seen the movie already where the mom's like here's your physicals now don't tell them that i did it and they're like oh okay okay. i mean not really I I i didn't even pick that up yeah yeah she's a fucking psycho um, yeah. But no, I did not know the twist, and what was, what was uh, yeah, better than the burning for sure. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I probably enjoyed this one more than the burning. Um, but the burning has like better kills. But this, I don't know. This one just like I don't know. It just has like a more of a, I don't know. It's just like the feel of this one. I, I just enjoy more. I mean, it's got it doesn't have Costanza in it, so right. So yeah. Costanza <laughs> is great. Yeah, um, yeah. For, so for me, unfortunately, I knew about the twist before I watched it for the first time. Uh, I was in college, and people were like, "Oh my god, did you ever see that film with the where it's the killer, like is this girl, or it's a guy, and all this stuff?" So I, I knew what was coming. Um, and I gotta say that, like, like Todd said, once you know, you see all the hints. It's like one of those things where. Uh, there are a few hints during the film that point towards uh, her being a boy, but it's not overtly obvious. And I don't think a lot of people would have figured it out because it's really one of those you need to know to really do it. And I do enjoy this one more than Burning. I think, like um, like Joe said, there's just a feeling about this movie that I really like. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I, like, I like it better. Yeah. And for like a horror movie, it's like pretty tame. Like none of the kills are really gory or anything but like i don't know there's just like even the kills are like fun there's like a real the you know the b scene is like really cool like 
and like yeah, just like the look of the deaths like after is really awesome like even the dude in the boat looks cool with like the snakes coming out of his his face and stuff yeah yeah cool stuff all right and the final question that we have comes to us from chuck he says is this the greatest twist in a horror movie ever hmm Top five for sure. Off top the top five, of my head. yeah, probably probably like top five. I'm trying to think of like mm. other ones that like blew my mind. The, the others is an excellent one. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the end of Saw. Um, yeah. The Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. the sixth, sixth Sense. sense. Yes. What was what was the one you said, Steve? The the ending of Saw, like the jigsaw reveal. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. So um, I think we got a good top five right there. We got others Saw. Um, Sam, sorry, what did you say? Oh, six cents. Mm-hmm. This one. Yeah, and the other one that comes to mind for me for sure is the mist. Like, yeah, the, and mm. it's some, definitely the most fuck you ending of any horror film, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, yeah th- this definitely has to be in the conversation. Oh yeah, Angel's a boy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Orphan's, Orphan's another good one, twist wise. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm a forty year old woman. <laughs> yeah. Which. Did you guys hear where they're getting a sequel? Yeah, really. It's a prequel, and isn't it? It's gonna be a prequel. I'm sorry, and it's gonna the same actress is gonna be reprising so, the role. So weird. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. that's gonna work. And no one knows how they're gonna do it. A lot of people think they're gonna go like the Irishman route and like de-age her. Oh God, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I mean, do you consider uh, Seven like a twist, like with the what's in the box? Uh. <sighs> I wouldn't say it's not so. like a twist, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah it's it's like a cool ending. That like a twist would have been if Brad Pitt was actually the killer, and yeah, okay. you know, like that would have been a twist to me. But it, that was more just like a, a reveal for. Okay, all right. Well, here's a good twist. Oh, what about Psycho? That's a twist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's a twist. No, well, definitely some good ones. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say this is my favorite though. Like all, of all the ones you guys mentioned, I think I'd put above this pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I think currently Saw is my favorite twist, just because I, I remember when that hit me first time. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's, it still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Like the the music and yeah. the timing, and it's just oh fuck. Game over. Oh yeah, and he slams the door. It's just like perfect. Yeah. Don't leave me. Yeah. Ah. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, Lee Wynell just kills that scene. The, the, uh, yeah. the look he gives he when does. he first see him, he does this weird like head tilt, like he's just so in awe. Yeah. I love it. It's fucking brilliant. It's pretty it, great. It's I, funny. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Todd. No, I, I was just gonna say it's funny because his acting is kind of spotty, but in that last scene, he's excellent. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys give it to Saw. I, I'm gonna give it to Six Sense just because, like based on like when i saw it and stuff it like completely blew my mind like at the time so i mean when you rewatch it obviously like there's like a ton of hints there but at at the time on a first watch like i was like in complete shock yeah the, the one thing i think that would give it to sixth sense is like you said there's so much in the movie that once you know the twist that you see like the whole fucking movie is basically structured yeah. around the ending and that's how brilliant that one is whereas a lot of the like the, the jigsaw thing is super cool but there's no way you could have seen it coming like there's right basically no hints towards it right so that what that's what makes the six sense one really special mm-hmm. and that's all the questions we have so thank you very much for everyone for the questions thanks everyone thank yes. you
I, I gotta bring it back real quick to the cook. Um, <laughs> how I know we discussed how how just greasy and wrong he is. Yep. But I also shocked like how none of the other dudes are like gonna fuck him up for it. You know, like the the one guy's like, ah, you they too old or they're too young for you, man. He's like, nah, I'm fucking creep. And then he takes her into the fucking like closet within the yep. first five minutes of the movie. You're like, gosh damn. Yep. Um, yeah. I guess weird. yeah, but it's super fucking weird, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, uh, favorite kill or almost kill or whatever. Ooh. I'm gonna go the shower stabbing scene. She's she has some really good strength to punch through a wall. <laughs> I said, and I'll pick the curling iron scene because I I said, really? I said, she's holding her head down and doing the curling iron with the other hand, but the girl can't get up. But some, (laughs) no offense, Angela, don't come for me, but you couldn't, you couldn't like body slam the girl that was carrying you into the water, but you can stab her a shower wall. All right. (laughs) She's jacked, man. I'm going with uh, the cook because he deserved it the most out of everybody. But he doesn't die, and that's he doesn't die. But he he's gonna have a terrible life. You will have a fucking yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I was almost hoping for more. <laughs> Although it was great, that, like for a low budget movie, the effects on this boils oh, and yeah. shit was like yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so that was probably my favorite, like I guess, kill moment. But uh, I'd have to say the curling iron was interesting. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's broken. Bur- my bur- wife are like, where's she putting that damn thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And apparently they cut out like the her body at the end because it was too gross. I don't know if oh, you wow. Know. Yeah, apparently it's a scene that is it was so bad that they even cut it out of, of this. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Any uh final thoughts before we rate it? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I'll go with a seven point seven five out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to go seven and a half on this one. I'll go with seven and a half as well. Yep, same for me. Seven and a half, I think, is a good score for this. Horror Squad approved. Hells yeah. Get it. Watch it. Very good Screen Factory release for the collectors out there, or it's on Shutter. Yes. Um, enjoy the interview, everyone. Yeah. Yep. What are we doing next week? The special, I think. We're going to do the special. special. Yeah, with a, Sam, yeah. Watch it. Yeah, with no. a very special. You have to watch it, Sam, please. No. Please. I'll, do it. I'll watch the trailer and I'll decide. Do it for me. Todd. Do it for me. Uh, I'm really, I'm actually really excited to talk about it. Me too. Yeah. I'm going to watch it again. I am too, yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then we're going to, like yeah. I said, uh, we're going to have a very special David Sheridan interview. Uh, following that episode and trust me guys this is a uh, special interview very nice guy very cool the most i would say the most interesting interview we've ever had ever in the show's history i i agree yeah yes so yeah and it's a long one so strap in (laughs) (laughs) um real quick before we say goodbye for the people that we um told you won the contest make sure you contact us so we can get your stuff uh, so we listen back to the beginning of the episode if you forgot who you were. And uh, thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where tonight we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, she is no stranger to horror fans, and she has become a staple in the genre, starring in several horror films, including Victor Crowley, but most know her for her, for her iconic role in Sleepaway Camp as Angela, Miss Felissa Rose. Felissa, how are you doing tonight? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing wonderfully. I'm actually on my way to Vegas to go attend Days of the Dead convention. Um, and I'm just super happy, uh, you know, that we have some conventions coming back right now. Yeah, that's very awesome. So, uh, yeah, how, how is it getting back into uh, the con circuit? I know you are, um, you know, a staple at these cons. You know, we, uh, we've seen you around quite a lot at them. So, uh, you know, how, how was it not doing them for a long time and now getting back into them? Well, it was very sad when they all shut down and had to be either postponed or canceled. Um, okay. I love my conventions. It's my happy place. Um, just connecting with everyone and kind of being in the crazy and the energy and the, you know, all of the being with the horror community. So that was difficult to just kind of shut down. Um, I did have the greatest opportunity to spend time with my family and my three kids. So that was definitely a gift. But now coming back, I'm just, I couldn't be happier, and everyone's really safe. They take your temperature as well as um, making sure that everybody's, you know, using sanitizer, and uh, they have plexiglass between us. So things have been, and everyone obviously has to wear masks. So we're fortunate that uh, we could be together during these times, even if it's with a mask. I feel like, you know, it's history in the making. We'll look back at these pictures and say, wow, remember that? Like, we took pictures with masks? Crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just saw you uh, You had that special uh, sleepaway camp op last week. Uh, can you can you tell the fans a little bit about that? Oh, my gosh. I loved doing that photo op. Thanks to Mad Monster Party, um, led by Evan McGar and Tom Devlin, who's one of my favorite special effects people in the world. Um he put something together where people were able to come in and stand with me while I had like this kind of, I don't even know what you'd call it, but it's the end scene garb around me. And, um, you know, you actually feel as though in the photo, you're living that last moment, that last scene from Sleepaway Camp. So it looks yeah. really terrific. Yeah. It was very, very fun. I really hope more, uh, conventions and photo ops do stuff like that where it really immerses you in that experience uh very very cool absolutely so, uh, yeah definitely um so I, I know you came on tonight to kind of promote uh one of your newer horror movies uh camp twilight um so can you tell uh the fans a little bit about about that movie absolutely um so camp twilight was the brainchild of rick finkelstein from entertainment factory um, I had done several movies with him, and he brought myself and Brandon Amalot on with a script that we sort of restructured and peppered it with some of my favorite highlights from being in any kind of crazy, teenage, campy, cheesy <laughs> slasher film. I wanted to really kind of put, like, my spin on it in terms of real teenagers 
shit goes down and there's a lot of fun and chaos. And like I said, you know, we, we had a ball making the movie. We filmed in Florida. Um, and the story is, is just a wild ride and you kind of have to jump, jump on board and, and just, you know, kind of, uh, go with it. It's fun. And I think all of the actors did a marvelous job. So I'm super thrilled with the film and, um, Brandon Amelot uh, directed it. He's wonderful and helped us really navigate the script and the, you know, and then all the scenes, especially with young people on set. So we had a ball, and I'm I'm happy with it. All right, awesome, awesome. And we, uh, you have uh, Dave Sheridan in there as well, who we actually are going to be interviewing uh, next week. So we're very excited to have him on. Uh, how is he to work with? Ah, uh, Dave Sheridan. So Dave is one of my closest friends. Um, we've probably done now like 10 projects together. I think we're actually, we just filmed our 10th project. Um, and it all began with Victor Crowley. So we, yeah, he's just a marvelous um, person. And he's certainly, to me, one of our best character actors in indie film. I use IMDb, you will... Um, check out all of the roles he's 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 done and they're so completely different from one another so i never know what i'm going to see when i get to set both physically and um you know character wise he's really yeah. he's supposed to be for a loop and i love that because as an actor you always want to work with someone you feel safe with but who's really going to go the limit and and make something extraordinary and that's certainly dave sheridan he's he's a fantastic talent yeah Absolutely. Uh, I mean, which, he's doofy, uh, man. He's doofy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Officer Doofy. And we're actually, he's coming on next week to promote his new movie, The Special, which um, I just watched yesterday. And I got to say, I was it was a fantastic movie. Uh, so I definitely recommend people checking that one out as well. Uh, so yeah, I actually, I, I, I'm a producer on The Special. Oh, and I got Dave in. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm a producer. Um, it's Harrison Smith's movie. And yeah. when um, he, you know, said, what do you think about this part? And I said, oh, my gosh, you, like, without a doubt, need to speak with Dave Sheridan. And he's like, really? And I said, oh, he'll kill it. And he, yeah. in fact, Dave and I were on a film in Florida. Uh, we were making a movie called Screen Test in January. And we watched it. Uh, Harrison sent us a screener. So we watched it for the first time together. And we, we enjoyed it very much. Yeah, and he's yeah. played in Camp Twilight. He goes yes. from the special where he's that obnoxious, arrogant, oh, you know, just kind of full of himself kind of sidekick to the sweet and adorable Ranger Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got some uh, a little bit of uh, Officer Doofy vibes uh, with that in that role as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Felissa, I want to go back a little bit now, obviously, to the beginning of your career and talk a little bit about Sleepaway Camp. Uh, was Sleepaway Camp your first ever acting gig? Yes, that was the first thing I ever did, um, both professionally and film. And um, I had just turned 13 when I got the part. So it was uh, my first acting job. Mm hmm. Uh, so how, how did you, uh, get involved with it? Uh, was it, uh, you know, was your mother or your, your parents, the ones that kind of pushed you into it or was it something was, you know, were you like, I want to be an actor? You know, when I was really little, like two or three years old, I kept telling them that I wanted to be in dancing school. So finally they enrolled me. And I think the teachers, by the time I was like 
you know, four or five, they were like, she really loves this. So we moved um, from Manhattan to the suburbs, and I, I enrolled in another school where I took it much more seriously, and I had an acting teacher. And then by, like, 10 or 11, there was a local manager who came around. A lot of the kids in my town were signed with them, and um, they told my parents that they would send me out on some auditions, and if I booked something, they'd, you know, become my managers. So the very first audition I had was Sleepaway Camp, and they turned out to be my managers for many, many years. It was a great relationship, and certainly, it, you know, it started off pretty well because that movie is very near and dear to my heart. Mm. Yeah, I mean, as it should be. Especially, I mean, it's, you know, being your first movie, I'm sure that, you know, that's something that will always be there with you. Uh, were, were, you uh, were you a fan of horror movies before, you know, jumping into this role? And if so, what were some of your favorites? I wasn't a huge horror fan. It wasn't... Uh, okay. I'd seen some, like, at slumber parties, and I always thought they were great, but I wasn't, like, surrounded by them. My parents weren't showing them to me on a daily basis. And mm -hmm. then when I did Sleepaway Camp, I fell in love with the craft. I loved Ed French. I loved watching him, the special effects. I loved the kill scenes. I loved the acting, because there is a certain kind of craft in working within these parameters. Like, horror is so different. You're kind of uh, working your way and... and and kind of creating characters that wouldn't happen in ordinary life. I'm not getting chased by a, you know, beehive or a, a masked killer with a chainsaw. So you're elevating your own kind of personality and, and imagination. And then when I got back from filming, I really dove into like seeing all the classics and, and loved it and have, I've been a fan ever since. So the conventions for me are certainly a joy because I get to meet people I've grown up watching. I still like, I'm friends with Bill Mosley and Kane Hodder and yeah. Bob Crancy and Dee Wallace. And then when I see them, I, there's a part of my, the kid in me that's like mm -hmm. giggling and all silly because I just love them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have a couple questions as well. Uh, so when you did Sleepaway Camp, of course, there's that infamous reveal at the end of it. What was it like for a 13-year-old Felisa Rose to go out there and having people react to that? What was their reaction and what people were talking to you about when they saw the movie you know it's funny because again i was i was certainly very young um i was in eighth grade when i made the movie and it came out um when i was in ninth grade and i brought my whole class with me to the theater and i think oh, everyone wow. thought it was super, yeah it was it was definitely a wild experience and then especially yeah. the end, shocking moment even i was like i that is one moment I remember very vividly. I was sitting next to my cousin, Kristen, who's my best friend, and she was on set with me. And we both, we were the last people to leave the theater. And I remember looking at that shot like, wow. Because I, I, I filmed a little bit of it, but I really hadn't seen the whole thing. And I think people's reaction was like, wow, that was cool. And that was cool you made that movie. But like, now go back to school and... I continued in, I was taking musical theater classes and singing and dancing. So it wasn't until I was really like in my, I would say when I applied for college that I understood the magnitude that people had seen it. And it was something that um, resonated with people, both for the social commentary, as well as the fact that, you know, the, the ending, the twist at the end struck people. So they remembered it. So it started to come back. 
And then with uh, the internet, people were making websites dedicated to it and we were starting to get called into conventions. And then I realized, wow, people had actually seen this. It felt like it felt under the radar, but now I was definitely um, surprised at, you know, noticing people uh, had seen it. That's awesome. Um, did you find yourself to dig into the horror genre more after Sleepaway Camp, or did it take time before you really got going with the horror genre? Because now you're synonymous with it. So curious at what point in your career uh, you really became a horror uh, aficionado. Well, that's such a great question. Um, it took me a really long time. Um, I I finished Sleepaway Camp, and then I went back to school. I did some TV work and commercials. I did a lot of off-Broadway theater because I lived in New York. And then I went to NYU and I studied, but I studied business as well. And upon graduating, I owned my own business. Um, it was a temp agency so that other artists could be employed while looking for any work in, you know, in the entertainment industry. And once I kind of realized, well, I just don't want to do that. I really want to uh, continue working on acting and being in front of the camera. I was called by certain directors who would say, oh, come work on this, come do that. And it was really a labor of love. I loved the genre. And fortunately, people in horror were recognizing, oh, she had done this movie, Sleepaway Camp. Maybe we could put her in something we're doing. So I had done some indie films. And then I flew out to L.A. to be with my husband in, I'd say, like 2002. And the work started, it was really gaining a little bit more momentum. Um, and I noticed like, oh, I could kind of like network better here in California. And that's where things started to take off. And um, I met a lot more people, uh, like-minded people, people in the genre, a convention started. I had my children, but then like as like 2000, you know, 10, I started getting into convention. And that's when um, I really found myself completely immersed with a community and a genre that I fully love with all of my heart. I would do anything for, and I'm just thrilled now to both act and produce, um, within the, you know, this, uh, this genre. Right. And, uh, speaking of conventions, I, I would say personally, I, I've met probably a hundred, you know, celebrities at these conventions. And I always tell people that you were by far the nicest one that I've met. Uh, what's your approach towards meeting fans and, uh, like talking to people and making them feel, you know, like, because it is an important moment, you know, like when I met you, I was so excited because I'd grown up with Sleepaway Camp. What's your approach to meeting fans at conventions? Well, it's so funny because, and I, I, first of all, thank you. Like that is the greatest and most beautiful compliment in the world because above all, I mean, my philosophy in life is like, I love people. I absolutely cherish my friends. I'd like to think I'm a loyal friend. When I give you my word, you have me completely. I love meeting people and getting to know people. And I never use, I always feel like the word fan is a funny word for me because um, even though like I call myself a fan of a lot of things, it sort of kind of, kind of tastes like that fanatic, like, oh, and I just feel like when I'm at conventions, first of all, I'm honored to be there. It's tremendous. Like I'm always blown away when I am going to a convention, but then especially when I'm meeting a person one-on-one, it's most important for me to just really know, like, what is our connection? Like, what I want to hear more about them and, like, what 
why, you know, a lot of times they're talking to me about sleepwear camp, and it's so interesting. I love hearing it. I'm so thankful that they want to sit and talk with me. I want to hear about them. I want to share with them. And it's just like, I don't know, I feel like we're, we eventually leave this earth, these physical forms, and I would hope, I think in the back of my mind, I'm thinking my legacy is like, I want to really connect with people and have just love all around with, with everybody that I get in contact with is really, and I, I, I raise my children like that as well. Mm. Huh? Not to sound all sappy, but I mean, this is truly <laughs> how I feel from my heart. Oh, that's, no, that's, that's beautiful. And that's, that's really how, you know, everyone should, should be honestly. So that's really nice to hear. And it's great. Like, uh, I've also, you know, I've met you at cons too, and you're definitely one of the nicest I've ever met. Um, so, and it, and it really does mean something to the fans. I gotta say, you know, when you do, um, meet, you know, someone you grew up watching and, uh, you know, they had like an impact, um, you know, as you as a horror fan, you know, cause obviously horror fans are just really passionate in general. So when you go to meet, oh you know, person you grew up with and you know you you meet them you you have an expectation i I gotta say you definitely meet those expectations and then some so we we thank you as fans definitely for that i thank you it's truly an honor like i oh it's an honor like for anyone to even remember this movie it's an honor to be sitting in that you know in the position of being able to talk to people about the art that you make but i think also as a fan myself i I want to walk over to a table and feel embraced and feel comfortable. I don't want to walk to a table where somebody's like, you know, ignoring me or, cause I, I get really insecure. I get nervous when I go over to someone's table. So if I feel like someone's looking at their phone and doesn't really care, it breaks my heart. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, <sighs> so uh, it's, you know, it's def- definitely a wonderful connection that we have when we all meet each other. Definitely. Uh, so I want to uh, I want to touch on the sequels a little bit. Um, I think obviously a lot of people were surprised not to see you back um, with uh, Pamela Springsteen uh, taking over uh, in the role of Angela. Um, so were you asked to come back for the sequels, or was that something that just never materialized? I was. They uh, so the sequels were taken over by Michael Simpson. Um, and he called the managers that I was originally uh, working with from the original movie. And I went to Michael Simpson's apartment in Manhattan and I, I was reading the part two script and I sucked. Like I was horrible because uh-huh. in my mind, Angela was still the first Angela, the, the withdrawn, quiet, you know, un- awkward character. So when I started reading the lines, it, it, it didn't really click with me. I didn't really get it. And I had just applied to college early admission. It was the only school I ever wanted to go to my whole life. My dad had gone to NYU. So it was really important to me to go get my education and to train as an actor. I had not had any training up to that point, like professional, you know, uh, with a teacher in a studio. So um, they, it kind of, worked out perfectly because Michael was like, yeah, she wasn't really exactly on target with what we were looking at. And he loved Pamela. They had worked on fast times at Ridgemont high. Mm. He's brilliant in part two and three. Although my husband loves parts two and three so much and loves Pamela Springsteen, but gosh, every day he's like, why didn't you do the sequels? I wish you had done them. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, it worked out great because I really wanted to go to school and that was just kind of the flow of my life. I just naturally uh, gravitated towards getting my, my education from school and, and training. And uh, maybe I wouldn't have done that had I done the sequels. They were filmed back to back in Georgia, um, both of them. So I would have taken off all that time and, Mm. It, I, again, I always think things work out the way they're meant to be, and I have no regrets. I'm I'm thrilled that it all worked out the way it did. Yeah. Um, have you have you ever had the chance to uh, talk to Pamela, like about you know the both of you guys playing Angela and all that? I have never, and we have mutual friends: oh. uh, Vincent Pastore, uh, Kelly Maroney, Michael Simpson. We have a number of mutual friends, and sadly, she and I have never connected. Um, I sent her uh, not too long ago an Instagram message. I'm a fan of hers. I would be more than thrilled to just speak with her. I'd love to hear her experience. Um, you know, we'll see. Time will tell. Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe the 40th anniversary. Yeah, that would be, yeah. I mean, that's definitely, I think, something the fans would absolutely love. So, fingers crossed for that, uh, definitely. Um, so I got to ask, has there ever been any discussions for you to return to the franchise or anything maybe you can tease or anything? There is. I mean, we've gone through many years and many different iterations of the reboot, the prequel, the sequel, the, you know, all kinds of chatter about it with many different producers and whatnot. Robert Hiltzik always being at the helm. I will tell you that there is something brewing. Um, we did a Scripps Gone Wild last night with many of the original cast members, and it was revealed that there's something going on. I will absolutely have something to do with it. I always joke that I'd love to play Aunt Martha. Um, okay. I think that would just be a natural, like, kind of fun progression for the series. But yeah. we'll see. I mean, I definitely think we have something in store. Um, I personally think a prequel is the way to go with Sweet Boy Camp. It, it's the story about Aunt Martha, about what led her to why she did what she did. What yeah. really happened? Who is the father? Who is his lover? What I'd love, I personally would love to know all of the details about the Baker Thomas clan, gang, whatever, yeah. team, family, you know? Uh, I love that. No, I love that. That's a, that's a. That's a great idea. So, yeah, that's definitely something I think the fans would, would love as well. Uh, Steve, so I want to... Oh, definitely, yeah. I think that would be awesome. So definitely a great idea there. All right, so I want to jump into uh, Victor Crowley now. Um, so how did you get involved with uh, the Hatchet franchise? Um, I have a feeling it was maybe, uh, you know, your relationship with Adam Green, but uh, can you just tell the fans a little bit about how you got involved? <laughs> it's It's... You know, it's, a, it's funny because I was at a convention called Rock and Shock, probably like 2015. And he was his table was directly across from mine. I mean, I'm a huge Hatchet fan. I love Hatchet. Um, when it came out, I was mesmerized. I was kind of like just so taken by Adam Green's talent. And I really enjoyed himself personally, the way he spoke to everyone. You know, he's very articulate and he's just a great person. 
So I always followed him, and I had I was terribly nervous to go over to his table to say hello. My friend Holly said, oh, come on on Sunday. Let's just go say hi to him. And she brought me over, and I said, hi, Adam. I'm Felicia Rose. I just want to say hello. And he's like, hi. And then I left, and about, I don't know, three weeks later, I received an email inviting me on to Scary Sleepover at Aeriscope. And I jumped around. I kid you not, you could ask my family for like a good hour. <laughs> I was crying. I was joyful. I was screaming. I was elated. Like Adam Green actually asked me. And I loved Scary Sleepover. That was a series that I really thought was so clever. Like you bring people on in the horror industry and hear what their fears are. And they, and you see their silly side. They play games. So it was quite an honor. I, I was thrilled. I went and we immediately hit it off. He's such a doll. And um, I kept imitating my mom and my managers in New York. I was talking like this all the time. I was like, look, if you want to do this, you could definitely do it. I mean, look, you're an actor. Actors do all kinds of things. And he said at that moment, although I didn't know it at the time, he got the idea like, oh, she'd be, you know, funny in this kind of a character in, and he had been writing Hatchet 4. So fast forward to like the summer, like that was probably November in July, he called me to do movie crit with he and, you know, Joe Lynch. And um, he said, but there's something I need to talk to you about before we get into the podcast. And he said, okay. And I sat across from him at Ariscope. He said, um, I have a part for you in my next movie. So now I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh, my God, everything's going on in my head. I'm going to be in an Adam Green movie. This is unbelievable. This is like I'm realizing my dreams right now. I'm flipping out. I have no one to scream at because he's sitting in front of me. I'll scare the guy. And he's like, you, you have to sign papers. I was like, sign papers. He makes me sign the NDA. He's like, it's Hatchet 4. I uh, fell on the, I literally physically fell onto the ground. I was crying. I was like, well, I, I have no filter. I, you know, what you see is what you get. I was crying. I was like, what? And he's telling me that I'm the publicist. So, because I'm like thinking, I'll serve coffee to this man. I'll, I'll, if he gives me, if I say hello in the movie, I'll freak out. And he told me, like, it's a role that he wrote for me and all this greatness. And then we had to drive to the podcast. And he said he watched me the whole time because I was behind him. I was flailing my arms and screaming to my family from the car. <laughs> <laughs> Telling my husband, I'm in Hi. <laughs> it's one of the best days of my life. And it's probably right under the greatest experiences I've ever had, like, you know, with Sleepaway Camp. It's tied with Sleepaway Camp of the best uh-huh. filming experience. That's great. Yeah, I was going to ask, is it, I mean, it that that whole set and just Adam Green in general just seems like a, a complete pleasure to work with. So was it as fun on set as I could imagine it to be? It was more fun than you could imagine. <laughs> we had... That cast, I'm still, like I said, Tiffany Shepard and Laura Ortiz and Perry Shen. I just made a movie with Perry in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. And like I said, Dave Sheridan and I, we, in fact, he'll be in Vegas with me. Um, we're a family, you know. We're really tight-knit. Crystal Joy Brand, who I just adore. Um, she's so fantastic. It, it really, it, we became a family. We lived in that uh, that plane together. We lived in the water, in the swamp together, and, and, and thrilled to do it, happy to be with each other. There was never a moment of anything other than joy on that set. Uh, Adam just gave us everything. I, I mean, 
she's one of my favorite characters that I ever had the opportunity to portray. Mm-hmm. Um, she's crazy, that kid crazy with the pills and her headache and snoring while there's a plane crash. But, you know, again, it's like you give birth to these people in these movies and they really mean a lot to you. I carry Kathleen with me or Angela or, you know, any number of these people bloom, you know, and they, uh, they stick with you. They're always forever part of you. Yeah. And, and you got to, and you had one of the most memorable death scenes, uh, in that movie as well. Can you talk a little bit on, uh, the filming of that gruesome <laughs> death scene? I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not that smart. Like I'm really not clever. It took me until like just recently that people are like, you do know it's probably an homage to Judy's curling iron. I'm like, it is? <laughs> They're like, yeah, it seems like it might be. Um, so, And I have a lot of close, um, I can't explain a connection to this movie. So my daughter Lola is the voice in the beginning. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Victor oh. Crowley, which I think is, is so beautiful. We'll forever cool. remember that. My original costume was green because they said Adam always likes to have a character in green because he's Adam Green. But you you only saw it a little bit when I was giving out the pills and I put the big shawl on. Um, there's a there's just a few things like you know I, I just feel connected to that movie and um, the death scene was definitely my greatest death ever in a movie. Uh, when I read it, I you know like typical me, I I was just freaking out because I thought. You know, if it turns out the way, and it turned out even better than I imagined, it's going to be incredible. And they really didn't want Adam to keep it in the movie because they were worried, like, is it too much? Is it? Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure, but the distributor was wondering. But then it won Toronto After Dark. It won Best Kill. Nice. So he said, you know, we kind of have to keep it. It's, it's a cool kill. Um, and it's fun. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's quite gruesome and graphic and hilarious and wonderful that's what a horror movie is yeah absolutely uh so i want to switch over to uh podcasting a little bit because obviously we are a horror podcast and you now are no stranger to podcasting yourself as you now do a podcast with uh kane hodder and tiffany shepis called casualty friday um so uh can you tell us a little bit about uh that let the fans know in case they didn't know Oh, my two besties. I love Kane and Tiffany. Um, and I work with Joe Bob Briggs on the last drive-in. Um, I, you know, he has the show and I'm his mangled dick expert from having been on the marathon. So we sort of, you know, got really close and he has me on every season. If there's a penis in a movie, I'm the person he calls on the show. So the producers, uh, the producer, Matt Mangerides, called me and said, you know, I'd love to do something else. Wouldn't it be fun if we did a podcast with Tiffany and uh, Tiffany Shepard and Kane Hodder where the three of you sort of, from the perspective of the actor, really get into like many different topics. And we thought, wow, we're already really close friends. The three of us love to be an open book. And I said, let's take the masks off and really go there. Give us a topic and we'll talk about it. So um, we had two great seasons with Fangoria. Right now, Fangoria is, you know, coming back. Um, and we're about to uh, jump into our third season in the next couple of weeks. So you can definitely look forward to that. And we just have, it's one of my favorite projects because not only do I get to work with two of my closest friends, but 
we we learn something new about each other when we're doing it. And and we've fallen into these roles of Tiff is the leader. I mean, by far, she navigates that road. She keeps us on track. She keeps us on time. If you left it up to me, Jane, oh, we'd be drunk. <laughs> we we just like uh, go have a snack and wander off. We wouldn't know what we were talking about. So it's a beautiful kind of you know melding of of three different crazy personalities, and we all just love each other deeply. Yeah, and yeah, it's, I mean, if I'm sure all you know, every anyone listening to this show and any horror fans know about it. Um, but if you don't, definitely go and give it a listen because it is uh, it's just a great great time, and uh, I, I highly enjoy Aww. it. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, Steve, just type yeah. up Casualty Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find it pretty much. I listen to it on Spotify, so you can find it on there pretty much any anywhere you podcast. It, it should be there, guys. Um, Steve, do you have uh, anything else before we let uh, Felissa go? Yeah, I, I did have uh, one more question. Uh, if you go on IMDb, I saw that you have a lot of, uh, you know, post-production films, films that you're filming, pre-production. I mean, you're really busy with the amount of films that are coming up. Uh, I know it includes Time's Up and Terrifier 2. Is there something in particular that uh, we should be really excited for? I mean, first of all, I can't say enough about Terrifier 2. I just did um, the whole cast and uh, Damien Leone, the writer, director, effects effects master. Uh, We all did an interview together yesterday for Women in Horror, and we all got to kind of congregate around together since filming. And I will say it's just going to be like the greatest movie ever. So I'm thrilled <laughs> to ha- have a cameo in that movie. I kind of stalk them because I'm a fan of the first one. And I'm a fan of David Howard Thornton, who is, has created this iconic character so quickly. Like he's already yep. iconic. It's, you know, it's a new movie. Um, and Time's Up is with a whole bunch of my favorite people. Damien Maffei, who I just love. I've known him forever. We did Nun's Curse together for Tommy Faircloth, who I love. Um, and Elsie Hulse, who wrote it, and Cheney Morrow, and, and Hannah Fairman. Um, we all just did a movie called On Location together. So I have, like, these beautiful film families that I love so extraordinarily. So, like, I so deeply, I can't even begin to tell you. And they were my real close friends. Like, Damien Bethay and I talk on the phone 100 times a day. Dave Sheridan and I, or Tiffany Shepard. Like, it's so funny to me how... You eat, sleep, and breathe not only the project, but these beautiful people who are in your life because of this community. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for a lot of films coming out. Big Freaking Rat, a movie called Stepdaddy. Um, I, I did a movie called Lady Killer recently with Joe Bob Riggs and Diana uh, Prince, who's Darcy the Mail Girl, um, Dave Sheridan's in it. So we have, you know, there's a lot coming out. There's a lot on the... Uh, for you know, kind of on the burner right now, and I just I'm so happy that I had the opportunity um, for to do all of this, and I'm my gratitude is tremendous. So thank you. Yeah, awesome. Well, I think that is probably a, a really good place to stop here. I mean, you got a lot coming down the pipeline. I know. I think most horror <laughs> fans are probably most excited for uh, Terrifier two, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Damien Maffei is a, uh, a uh, great friend to the show. Up. He's been right a few times, so we're very excited for uh, Time's Up as well. Thank you so much, Felissa. Uh, we really Thank appreciated you so having you Thank on. You. you were a delight, as always. Thank you. 
Have a great weekend. Right. Thanks, Liz.